everybody. May 10th, 2019, live from the Troy Lee Design Saloon in Corona, California. It's the Whiskey Throttle Show. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, make some noise. All right. <clears throat> Tonight, we've got a pretty cool guest. We're excited about this. Factory Husqvarna rider and former 250 national champion, Dean Wilson is with us. Dean Wheelspin, uh, as he's been dubbed. Uh, we're pretty excited about having him up. Um, super fun guy. Uh, he's 50% Scottish, 50% Canadian, 50% American. Now, I don't know about uh, how that math works out. I think there was something lost in the conversion from metric no, to... That's, no, is that right? right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's what I figured. He's 150% man. Yep. Um, I want to introduce my, my co-host, as always, Grant Langston. Give it up for GL, former national world supermoto champion, supercross champ. Got championships coming out your ears, man. Not enough. Not enough. Never enough. <laughs> Yeah, divorce will do that to you. Yeah. Never no, enough no. championships. Uh, meet our producer over here, DJ Donnie, on the computer uh, pushing buttons. How you guys doing? Um, we just feed him bananas, and he just hits buttons over there, and it works out. Yeah. Uh, I want to introduce our sponsors to you guys. We've got some awesome sponsors on this show. PowerDot brings you Dean Wilson tonight. If you guys have not gone back and checked out our booth in the back, Meet up with Bryce Valley. He can give you a little demonstration of how this thing works. It's an incredible tool for anybody, um, especially athletes, especially anyone who's, uh, if you're racing motorcycles, you're going to get hurt. And this is an awesome tool to prevent it, to recover from it. Uh, but even for people that sit at a desk all day, uh, it's got a massage feature. That's really all you need to know, right? <laughs> that, that's where I'm at. <laughs> that's what days. you do. Yeah. Right. Uh, also, it's not, it's not for, you know, warm up or that. It's usually just, yeah, you know, basics. On the couch yeah. with one of those, just chilling. This is a uh, personalized TLD yeah. red solo cup. Yep. Right yeah. there. Yep. GL special. There you go. Filled what, with, uh, that's Cytomax. What's uh, in he's that? hydrating, yeah. you guys. Um, also want to thank Method Race Wheels. If you haven't checked out their Bronco back here, uh, they bring in some type of trick vehicle at every live show, and it's, uh, this thing makes my nipples hard when it fires up. It's <laughs> insane. That thing is insane. Uh, check out Method Race Wheels. They sponsor our front-end chatter segment. Uh, also, Decal Works. They provide us with all the logos that you see, uh, all of the bikes, the project bikes we do at RacerX Online and RacerX Illustrated. Uh, these guys are awesome. They do great work. Check them out. Four-wheel parts, Troy Lee Designs, Adidas Pro Circuit, Dunlop Tires, Nihilo Concepts. And I want to welcome a brand-new partner of the show. GL and I are especially stoked on this one because we're, we're picking up new bikes next week. Specialized Bicycles. You know, we really pride ourselves on partnering with the best companies in the business, period. And um, we don't just take whoever's writing the fattest check. It's the best companies, period. That's it. And there's just not a better bicycle company than Specialized. We're going to both pick up some uh, uh, Canovos. What is it? They make a Levo and a Canovo, a couple of e-bikes. Yep. And we're going to jump on that whole ship and, uh, and have some fun on these bikes. And uh, I'm sure you'll see some videos of us riding these things soon. Yeah, I'm, stoked. I, I'm not ready to go and crank hills anymore, so... That little electric power, just right up my alley, man. <laughs> just keep her at 100% power yeah. and go. Yeah, that should be a lot of fun. Really stoked Popping to... Popping wheelies up the hill. That's what I'm all about these what days. What do you do when the battery dies? I just leave it in the hills and walk home. Yeah, just walk yeah. home. Just, yeah. just like when your practice bike seized yeah. back in the day, you lean up against the fence post, throw your hands up, and storm off. There's, I just, I I'm just factory, see, bro. I'll get yeah. a new one. Yeah, I just see like a, a pile of bicycles <laughs> left at a bunch of places. No, that's the cool thing about it. The battery runs out. You just pedal it home. It's a little tougher, but you'll get there. Also want to thank RacerX Magazine. Uh, in the July issue, uh, we find out who makes key decisions in the rulebook, enforcing rules, and rough riding. 
that's been a big subject this year, penalties and what happens. So we really dove into that and uh, got to the bottom of it. You can only get these features if you buy the magazine or subscribe to the digital edition. So go there and check that out. Also, we got a, uh, a feature on Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki and um, how they need to get back to their winning ways, what they need to do. Obviously, it looked like they were on the path to doing that this year. It didn't quite pan out the way they hoped. No. Uh, but check that out. That's an interesting feature. We also went deep on a, a Bob Oliver interview, who's a longtime uh, industry person at Yamaha. He just um, left Yamaha, correct? He's, he's retiring. Yeah, he's yeah. retiring. Bobo's been there a long, long time. Uh, the Racer X Interam, and then Electric Assist Bicycle, specialized sponsoring the GNCC series now. And they do a, a very big electric bike race the night before the GNCC round. So um, these things are kind of taking the whole world by storm, all these e-bikes. Uh, there's a big feature on it there. Check that out. All this and more exclusively in the July issue. You can get all that stuff right now if you get the digital edition. So check those guys out. Go to racerxonline.com forward slash subscribe. Or just go to Racer X online. You can figure it out. Yep. Um, we got a bunch of giveaways tonight, guys. We're going to have some kind of contest after the break. We're going to give us give a set of Method race wheels away. These are amazing wheels if you looked at either the Bronco or some of the ones we have back here. It's an expensive gift that we're going to be giving out. We do one at every live show. Those guys are super rad. And uh, so we'll get into that after the beer break. But I really want to thank those guys. Uh, we also got a whole bunch of t-shirts and hats. So we'll be ans asking some questions here later on and... Uh, we got a lot of crap. We're probably just about everybody's here going home with something. So <laughs> you'll be stoked. Um, also, one more, one more announcement. Every single dollar that we raise from you guys coming here tonight to this live show goes to Road to Recovery. Uh, we've got a personal goal here at the show to give back about... Yeah, yeah, give it up. So our personal goal is to get them 25 grand by the end of the year. If you listen to the Jimmy Button Show, he goes into just how much good that charity, that organization is doing in our sport. And I mean, it's critical, man. There's guys like Weston Pike right now who would be in a rough, rough spot if it wasn't for these guys. Getting him back to the U.S., paying for a lot of that insurance stuff. I mean, it's, he's got great insurance and he's still paying so much money. So it's, it's a tough situation for those guys when they have an accident like that. Well, the thing too is guys like Wes and Pike are names that we know. They also help a lot of those people that haven't quite made it yet, yeah. you know, so that really need the help that didn't have that, uh, that, that name already. So, Yeah, that's right. And even uh, like Blake Savage is another name. Yeah. He's a trainer, uh, brother-in-law to Ken Roxon. He's, he's ingrained in the industry, but you don't know that name too much probably. But he recently was paralyzed, and I mean, it's, he's in a bad situation, and they've helped him a lot. So they do so much good work. We want to help them out. There's a charity golf classic coming up for John Fontaine. Anybody knows Mandy Fontaine? She's the Honda PR gal. Awesome girl. Her father had a horrible accident. It's a bad deal. Uh, so anyway, there's a charity golf classic. Foursomes are 450. One player is 125. You can go to roadrecovery.com and check that out. That's coming up. Uh, it's in Rancho, um, Rancho California Golf Course. Uh, 619, 6919, so June 9th, it's a Sunday. It's also if, an off weekend. If anybody's around, it is an off weekend. There's going to be lots of moto guys there golfing uh, and supporting this cause. So come out and join them. Have a good time. Uh, we, we try to support the heck out of those guys. They do awesome work. So thank you to them. All right. Um, let's give a couple of, let's give some hats and shirts away, man. I got so much crap under here. Let's just do it. Let's get right into it. <laughs> let's give some stuff. We got this uh, set of TLD gear to give away. I got hats. Oh, look what else I got. Signed copies of Mickey Diamond's book, Legends of the Road. Anybody read this? Anybody want to read this? <laughs> yeah, we've got a few takers. All right. Who's been, I want to, let's start this. Who's been to the most live shows here? Who's been to like every single live show? It's you, isn't it? There's How one. How many? Three? Four? 
Four. All four. All four. How many? Four? Yep. All right. Gentlemen, come on up. Grab your books. Nice work. Thank you guys for supporting the show. We I really appreciate it. We do have some regulars. That's we signed on the inside of the cover there. And um, I haven't read it yet, but I did keep a copy at home because I want to check it out. Mickey's a, a cool cat. Um, how do we want to give these away? We got some Decal Works t-shirts. You want to see how far we can throw it? Who likes green? Yeah! That guy just got a shirt. Yeah! T-shirt cannon. <laughs> There we go. All right. Quick and easy. Quick and easy. I, I prefer Sorry, guy in the back. Cannon. It's not coming back there. Sorry, man. I throw my drink at you? <laughs> um, all right. We're going to jump into our Method Race Wheels front end chatter. Uh, Method Race Wheels bringing you the toughest, lightest, fastest wheels in off-road. These guys have won more Baja championships than two Johnny Campbells. Ooh. Whew, so many. That's amazing. Uh, these guys, uh, they just do it. It's for real. Their stuff is awesome. Check them out. Methodracewheels.com. Uh, so we want to get into a couple things in our front end chatter. First of all, Supercross wrap up. What a weird season, man. Like it's been good, but the last two seasons, you could not predict what the heck was going to happen. I mean, who would have predicted Jason Anderson to win last year? And this year, any three of those champions, I mean, I, I, halfway yeah. through the season, even you would have said, nah, probably none of those three guys. Um, I think actually the one that surprises me the least is probably Ferrandis. Um, he was solid all season. If you look at it, he, he seemed like he was the bridesmaid most of the time, got a lot of seconds. Didn't quite have the starts, but came through um, and put himself in a position where Cincerello had to go to the last race and actually race, yeah. not just circulate and get the points. So, um, you know, for AC, that was obviously um, a real... I, I was, oh when gosh. I was watching, I was like, I, I felt for him. Um, but I just know the sport. I've been on both sides of the, of the fence. And, um, yeah, but you were usually the one winning, you dickhead. I was the guy getting second. <laughs> hey, I, so I know how he feels. Okay, well, in 01, I felt that feeling. <laughs> All right. That's oh, true. one That's time true. I didn't win. Yeah. It was a big problem for Everybody, me. Everybody, play is. the smallest violin oh, you can. Oh, my God, this right was now. terrible. Uh, he only won seven titles. I uh, should have. It was six. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, um, you know, so for Ferranis, I really felt like, I mean, he was leading the race at the end of the day, he earned it. I mean, AC did screw up. Uh, the reason I felt for him is it seemed like such a harmless mistake that ended up being catastrophic. Because yeah. when he got up, I looked at it, right as uh, Carmichael said it on the broadcast, uh, I looked at him like, there's no way he can race back and fight for this championship. So it was, it was like it was ended right there. And I think that's what sucked. If he could have got up and had to fight back and make a couple passes to win it, that would have been just perfect it TV. Been great. Yeah, just how they would have scripted it. And he might um, have been able to do it. I mean, he, when he he's got. Some it speed would have really the, uh, yeah. tested him. And I agree with you. I think he would have probably been able to pull it out, but it, it didn't happen. On on the flip side, you know, with with Faulkner, and then it was unfortunate. He was dominant, um, but at the same time, when you're young and you're enthusiastic and you're excited, you get yourself hurt in qualifying practice or during the week and things like that where. You don't. You, sometimes you almost need someone to tell them, "You're the man." Yeah. Don't yeah. not be the man. Like <laughs> yeah, just chill pump out. your brakes. It only matters in the main. It doesn't matter if you win your heat. Doesn't matter if you're fastest in time practice. Just pump your brakes a little bit. And it's hard when athletes are always at that level to get them to do that. But uh, how many times did he fall in time practice? Did he fall every out? time? Yeah, every like time. Every weekend he right. crashed in practice. Yeah, and that and that's pushing the limits. And, and it's okay in practice. We we say that, but that's maybe a front end tuck. But that old saying eventually you're going to go down and something's going to twist, snap, break, yeah. dislocate. Yeah, you it's know, racing. I swung by Pro Circuit today uh, on my way over here. and You're uh, a brave man. 
Yeah, I would have avoided it for a couple of weeks, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Just um, email only, <laughs> not even text. <laughs> you know what? Mitch was surprisingly calm, and I picked yeah. his brain about both both of his guys. I said, "Hey, you know, everything okay over here?" <laughs> and uh, he says, "You know, with with um, Forkner, it was a bit of a roller coaster because it looked like he had this title wrapped up. Yeah. Then he gets hurt. We're thinking it's over, and then they had two and a half weeks." And he said every single day they were doing therapy. They were down at Doc G's doing, you know, whatever therapy they could do. They had it drained. They had shots of different things put in it. And uh, he said we got him, you know, we went out the day before they left for New York. He looked great. They're like, I think he's going to pull this off, you know. And he gets back there. Practice was so-so. And then he had a couple of moments. There was a rhythm lane. He said every time he tripled into this pocket, his knee would shift. He's like, I can't do that. There's no way I can do that for, you know, 15 laps. But he was doing all the rhythms. He was doing it because Mitch said, look, you, you got to do it. I mean, it's like a second and a half a lap slower to not do it. So just you got to do it. Um, they were trying to just coach him through like, hey, you, you can't go out there and half-ass it. That's only going to hurt you more. If you want this title, you're going to have to race for it. Yeah. He did. And once he kind of jumped out on that flat and that one thing, it, it killed him. Um, so anyway, roller coaster for him. And then as far as seeing Cirillo, you know, again, Mitch said, man, we – we were just sort of like all of us were stunned because yeah. uh, it seemed like he had things under control. He was doing what he needed to do. It wasn't even a pressure mistake. It wasn't. No, he said Roxon came over after the race and said that in that section, when you kind of doubled in, he said there was a funny little rut that yeah. your wheel would kind of pop, pop into one way or the other. him do that. And he said his, his wheel kind of snapped right then left and it and caught it the tough the, block. Just, just with the fork leg, just barely. And uh, Roxton said, you know what? It almost happened to me, the same thing in the main event. And he goes, I thought, oh, that's, that's what Adam did. Like, I need to make sure I pay more attention right yeah. here. So, you know, we've talked about before, nothing is, you can say, oh, Adam deserved that title. There's nothing deserved in this sport. No. It is something that is just so brutal about it. You can be the fastest guy, the best guy, the whatever. You have to have the most points at the end of the yeah. series, right? But on so. GL's point, like, Ferrandis really caught fire at the last four races. I mean, he really showed a lot of speed. He, his, did. he, he had did. speed the whole time. His weakness was his starts, mostly. I mean, at the end of the day, when you look at it, if someone says, oh, AC deserved it, not Ferrandis, I, I would disagree to an extent because Ferrandis was out front, and Cincerelli would know that to an extent. And like I said, it's not like he had a 20-point lead where he could go, eh, I'll just yeah. circulate. He had to race. But he was getting it done. Adam yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. You know, everyone, uh, everyone was getting it done, and Cincerella had that little mistake. Because even with Sexton, you could see he was just yeah. doing what he had to do, going through the yeah. motions. And well, that's a pressure cooker, man. Like, yeah. Being in those situations is rough. Well, think Look, about it for him. Young kid, you've been in the shadows. Someone gets hurt. You win your first race and take the points lead. Now you're supposed to win the next yeah. weekend. So it was a pretty quick okay, <laughs> escalation. Here's a, here's a bigger pressure cooker. Given the new rules now in that 250 class, Chase has one more year, and he's got to go to 450, period. I don't like that rule. Uh, that's a shitty rule yeah. because he is not going to be ready for the 450 Supercross class. I'm sorry. Uh, even if he has a but contract even if to he go is, on, that's a young kid. You're going to force a 20-year-old? No, nah, I don't like the rule. You know, um, Mitch even said he, with Davalos, he said, uh, we gave him the option at Vegas. Look, if you want to have us bench you, we'll bench you. Because right now, there's not a lot of rides open for next year. You haven't had a season that is going to get you a 450 ride. You're going to struggle to find something. So I'll bench you. I'll take the heat for it and say you're Mm -hmm. not racing. And that way, you've got some options for next year. If you can't put a 450 deal together, we'll support you for Supercross only. 
And uh, to Martin's credit, he said, no, I want to go race. I'm going to, you know. Finish it I'm going to yeah. do it. Yeah. And so. He's had a lot of shit over the years, let's be honest. So I think for yeah, that, I, he's, he's probably just trying to do what he thinks is best for him right now and just. Yeah, but Mitch and I talked about this today. Name a bunch, name maybe a bunch of riders, as many as you can, who moved up either willingly or were forced out of the 250 class and had to go it as a privateer who eventually went on to have success in that class. Oh, Nick as a Way. privateer? Nick Way is the only guy I can come up with. He pointed out at Pro Circuit, moved up, was a privateer Yamaha guy, and he eventually turned that into a factory Suzuki ride and you know, had some success in the 450 class down the road. I can't think of any other rider that's done. Yeah. When you get pushed out like that, you're basically done. You're yeah. going to arena cross. You're going to Europe. Well, it's also whatever. I think it's also easy for the for people you know watching to go, oh well, he shouldn't be there. Someone else deserves it. But until they realize what everyone sacrificed, I also don't think it's fair to push people out of the way purely because of you know this is professional sports. To me, there shouldn't be really a point out system or an age or a no. You know, if you're good enough to be there, the best make it. You know, take the it. best of the best. Whether you're 16 or 60, I don't care. Like. Yeah, amen. And at that point in the 80s, our, our, a buddy of mine raced two classes. He raced both classes in Supercross, the yeah. 125 and 250. And why can't you do that if they need to make a living? Yeah, listen, if you want my opinion, put a, put a salary cap on the 250 class. So you can't pay him more than 150000 bucks. all right? Mm-hmm. And then... If it's a true feeder class, yeah. Well, right. Then, yeah. then at least the motivation to move up is to make you want to get paid. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and I think the guys who are the best of the best are going to move up. They move up anyway. Yeah, that's, the minute that's you have an opportunity to move up, you're going. Yeah. So anyway, we go round and around on that. I definitely am not a guy that's going to sit there and crap on a guy like Martin Davalos or some people uh, were kind of scoffing at Shane McElrath for kind of sitting the end of the season out because he was in the same situation. He finishes out the season and gets enough points. He's up to the 450 class. And frankly, he hasn't had a good enough season to earn a 450 ride. There's not a lot of seats left. Well, there's also Our guest today, Dean Wilson, was a privateer at the start of this season. I mean, Husky support, but he didn't have a ride. Great riders like that are struggling to get rides. So now you're going to push out all these great 250 riders because they had three consistent seasons. And, and then the other problem I have with that is you push great proven riders out of the class, and then they bring in kids that have never proven themselves who are on massive salaries based on the fact that they had to go, so we're just hoping this yeah. is the next best thing. Yeah. I, you know, to me, you give a 15-year-old a massive contract, I also think there's some long-term yeah. repercussions from that too. Plus oh, you, you mean a 15-year-old isn't responsible with money and finances and life? No, Most likely not. Plus, you don't point out in the nationals, right? I mean, no. yeah. you can ride that class as long as you want. Yeah. Anyway, we could go on and on. Uh, it was an interesting Supercross season. Uh, really excited for the Nationals to kick off. Our next thing I want to talk about is uh, the Brock Tickle penalty. There was finally a verdict rendered after an eternity uh, of WADA just hanging out with their heads up their asses. Uh, and actually, we have Brock Tickle here tonight. He's hanging out with, uh, with Dean Wilson, came to support his buddy. Brock, come on up. Give it up for Brock, Brock Tickle, everybody. So just so you know, this was not even planned. BT decided to uh, come up, hang out, check out his buddies, and uh, I said, hey, you know what? We were going to talk about this painful experience, and figured who better to tell it than the man <laughs> himself. The man himself. Welcome to the show, Brock. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah. Last minute. Yeah, exactly. Well, so, thanks for uh, coming on, and yeah, tell, you got a question. Tell us, I mean, this thing took forever. Um, you know, we can argue whether or not their testing process and all this crap is right or wrong, but... The fact that they take so long to sit down with you and discuss it and say, okay, here's the penalty, totally unacceptable. I mean, what, what's your thoughts? 
I mean, the whole process, I think, is, yeah, it's not right, 100%. Um, obviously, there should be drug testing, I think. Um, but it was frustrating because I didn't know what to do the last, basically, year. I didn't know what if I should plan to go this direction or go that direction. So I kind of been in limbo. And then I was kind of nervous if I did get cleared. Well, I need to be ready. So I was training like I was going to race. <laughs> Which is hard. It's train and of, train and train and not have a, exactly. a, any kind of goal out in front of you. Exactly. So now that I have closure with knowing when I need to be ready, it is, it is good. Obviously, the time frame isn't what I was looking for. Um, but I'm, I'm moving forward now at least with a plan. Um, the goal right now is to, like, I'm going to get my personal trainer certification. I'm going to do the USMCA certification. Oh, good do some coaching, um, do some schools with RV, maybe some Weimer, do a couple of my own. Um, and then in the next couple of months, maybe come up with a plan to, to put together my own deal to go racing in, in February. And so, so tell us what the verdict was. It was a year and a half. Well, no, it's two years from the date. Two years from the date. Of the race. So when I got tested. And normally okay. it's supposed to be two years from the date that you got notified. So okay. they did give me a little bit of backdating there. But I feel like for the compound and the benefits of what the compound would actually do um, and the situation, they believed there was no proof that I wasn't innocent or didn't do it on purpose. So for me, uh, from their side, they believed that I'd took something on purpose. So, and that's why I ended up being two years still. And they backdated it, I believe, to cover them on only two months, but they backdated it to basically prove, you know what I mean, that they yeah. did, they kind of messed up. It sure would have been nice. If you look at penalties in other sports, man, it sure doesn't seem like two years is a long, it seems like a long time. Well, I feel, it, the like, thing that some, sucks to me is the fans... Actually forgot, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you know, I was waiting to hear about that." Well, if a football guy or you know, stick and ball guy gets busted for something, even something you know, some type of steroid or something, it's yeah. like six months. It's it's much yeah. shorter, and so they couldn't even full like games. the thing that sucked to me is they couldn't even go. Okay, we'll 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 take it to the end of 2019. That way, you could start the Supercross season. Yeah, it screwed you for the for the Supercross series. Well, I mean, there's another scenario too. I look at say I knew it was two years. Two years Six ago? and a half months ago or eight months ago, I could have appealed the process because I feel like it's too long mm -hmm. and then it would be reasonable. But right now, if I appeal, I will never know. It probably will be February before I know if I'm going <laughs> to win the appeal. So are you guys going down that road at all? No, just... I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm ending it here, move on and yeah. make a plan. So, I mean, that's really a tough sell to a team. Hey, starting in February, I can race. Yeah. What's, are you just going to try to put together your own program? or what? I mean, I know how it works. I mean, the 450 class, you guys will agree, is overloaded. There's guys that aren't signed yet. Um, you have Dean, you have Seeley, you have Savachi, and a handful of other guys that, that have had good years. And I know with me not racing the last two years now, yeah. come next season, yeah. that I'm on the bottom of the totem pole, mm. even though... Because I feel like racing. in certain scenarios, I could be a better pick for the, for the spot. Yeah. So. And there's nowhere you can go race, right? Like, I was thinking, what about Australia? What about any of that? It, it screws you for all that? That's, what's, that's what makes it difficult. There's a very gray area there. Um, if I went to Canada last summer and this summer, it would restart my start date. Oh. So that's the problem with the whole mm. scenario. And I guess it applies to any type of sport that is underwater, even if it's over the hump. If I race expert and make 150 bucks or whatever to win, I think it could. It's gray enough to, I believe, that it would reset If they it. wanted to, they could reset Yes. Well, 
We've we've shared our opinions about Wada on here, and it's it's not good. <laughs> it's no, not I, mean, we, I would we, rather we, see we, Usada. There's got to be. I don't feel like there's nearly as many issues with them, and they they handle all the nationals. Yeah. Wada's been a shit show, along with the FIM, ever since they came on board. And um, I would love to see the powers that be. I don't know if it'll happen. I'd love to see them tell FIM and Wada to go take a leap. But In my opinion, big picture. <laughs> Anybody else feel that same way? <laughs> I think big picture-wise, I look at it, and I went through it, this had a lot to do with James, yeah. like, getting out and oh, yeah. not coming back. I definitely believe it 100%. Well, yeah, and he tried to come back and say, you, it's tough, man. Like, no, it's to not To take easy. a year, two years off, Yeah, I mean, you just, it's hard. You can't lose that much time. No. Well, and on that point, what was the last year like for you? Uh, I mean, coming into my suspension, I think I had uh, two top fives, and my last race was a fourth. So, like, I was—I mean, I was—I was getting on yeah. the cusp of breaking breaking through with yeah. with the change that I had um, going into the 2018 season, which was probably um, it was the toughest off season I've had um, overall. I think um, it was difficult because I was used to RCH for the last four years prior yeah. to that so like there was a lot of different variables in the equation but yeah you were just starting to find your I groove exactly it, yeah well we'd love to get you on the show on your own show and, yep. and sit down with you for a long time um, but but we appreciate you coming on and sharing this what, what's going on here yep and at least we um, have some closure we know you'll be back racing next yeah, year February, February 2020 yeah. 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 Back, <laughs> thank thanks, you guys. thanks for coming yeah, on thank man. you good luck well, that's, uh, that's cool that we have Brock, Brock coming on. Thanks, buddy. Um, yeah, sorry about our... Oh, it's like oh. a death trap back here. <laughs> Just watch it. <laughs> Nothing fell over. All right, we're good. Um, all right, well, that wraps up our Method Race Wheels front-end chatter. And uh, stoked that Brock was here to actually come on and, uh, and talk that, about that in person. Nothing better hear than hearing it from the horse's mouth. That's it. Um, hey, I want to mention a couple things. Uh, we've got some new merchandise available who here is stoked on the Patrick Potato T-shirt? <laughs> listen, you got to kind of be a Whiskey Throttle fan to know what this is. Uh, so go back and listen to the old episodes if you don't. But these are available at uh, whiskeythrottlemerch.com from Temecula T-shirt printers. If you guys are looking for something locally for your business or something to produce uh, T-shirts, hats, it, they make everything. These guys are awesome. They also run the Academy MX series. If you guys are looking for fun racing, I think there's a race going on actually this weekend. Um, AcademyMXseries.com. Um, Academy MX at Academy MX series. Check those guys out. They they're really cool, and uh, it's a super fun series of racing. Low pressure, long motos. It's a super good time. So really want to thank those guys. And we're gonna do a contest um, in, in honor of the launching of our Patrick Potato <laughs> shirt. We want you to send us a picture on Instagram of the Patrick Potato in your group of riding buddies. So if you've got some guy <laughs> who's just a real asshole. He's got his goggles strapped down. He's wearing mismatched gear. Whatever it is, send us a picture. The biggest Patrick Potato story we get, uh, we're gonna, he's going to win a swag bag, including one of these T-shirts. So uh, send those to at Whiskey Throttle Show on Twitter or Instagram, rather. You'll never know our Twitter handle. It's, it's not memorizable. Um, but, uh, yeah, send that to us on Instagram. We're going to give away a, a, a pack there for somebody. Uh, we want to bring up our featured guest now, Dean Wilson. Brought to you by PowerDot. Listen, go check out PowerDot at PowerDot.com. Type in Whiskey Throttle on checkout. You get 20% off. Awesome, awesome products. Dean Wilson, come on up, buddy. Let's give it up for Dean Wilson. What's up, buddy? Thanks for coming on, dude. Hey, no crashing back here. 
Yeah, watch out for all the uh, wires and boxes. and You can take all your swag over there. All right, we're going to give this away later. Dino, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everybody, for coming out, Tim. Appreciate it. Thank you. They must be coming for you guys. No, I don't think they're coming for me. Oh, no, they're coming nah. for you. They're coming for GL. Hey, I seriously got no more than five emails. Hey, is Andy going to be there? Mm. <laughs> they want your box yeah. here, man. Yeah, Andy was going to come, but he's, he's on rest mode right now. So Yeah, well, we, we wish him the best. Um, bummed he couldn't be here, but we totally get it. First things first, are you healthy? How are you feeling? I'm getting healthier, yeah. Just uh, It's my shoulder that's kind of the problem. I hurt my shoulder and my kidneys uh, at Colorado Supercross. And uh, yeah, so... Dude, that crash was brutal. Yeah, that one hurt. So, And it was really cold that night, too. We so heard it. <laughs> like, literally. Yeah. You hear, you go, ooh. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I remember that feeling. Oh, it's that. not good. Don't it's miss not it. good. So, yeah, I mean, just it, um, I dislocated my shoulder at the back posterior. So that actually really, really hurt. I've... Desiccated at the front, it's not that bad, but the back was like, I thought my whole arm was broken at first, but anyways, four hours later, they got it in. Oh, and, it uh, took them that long to reduce yeah, it. Yeah, and it, t- it hurt so bad, and then my kidneys hurt too, but... Did, um, the, did the bike hit you in the back, or how'd you hurt your kidneys? Um, I think I got the handlebar to the, oh. so yeah, it was unfortunate. Yikes, man. So Well, you got sixth in this series, uh, which is your best overall finish in the 450 Supercross class, right? And a podium. Yep. yep. Are you happy with your season? I mean, aside from the, the this um, happened in Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Like, if I could go back, it would be Anaheim 1, where it was in my hands. I just felt like uh, the last five minutes, I went over the finish line, and I, lo- I was looking up at the clock to see how long I had, and then it all started to sink in, like, oh, this is, act- like, I could yeah. win this. And winning it as a privateer would have just been insane. Yeah. So, started to think too much, tightened up, ah. and, and then I got water in my, my tear-offs, and then it just kind of went, <laughs> and then I was still in third to last lap, and Tomac got me, so other than that, though, I think it was a good season, I was healthy, just an unfortunate accident um, that got me injured, but, um, you know, I got a podium, and I think every weekend I was getting better, my qualifying times were always, like, battling for the top spot, and was getting better, so that's yeah. a tough class, so I, I'm pretty happy with how it went. I mean, overall, if you look at, like I said, the stats, it's the best you've ever done. So right. you can't be too bummed. Obviously, you always wish you didn't get hurt. But yeah. um, to start off the season with nothing, mm-hmm. just privateer status, bump up to a factory ride, get a podium, I mean, damn. Yeah. No, you can't was, be too sad about that. No, it was good. It was yeah. good. It was a lot of work during December, organizing yeah. everything just mentally. Like, I had so much on my mind. And it was, it was good for me as a person to grow. And, you know, I'll, I'll give um, a Husqvarna... Um, Bobby Hewitt and everybody were still a great help to me. They gave me um, factory engines. So it's not like I was full privateer. I had a lot of good help, but I still did a lot of the logistics in my head. You've got to figure I, out your sponsors oh, yeah. and how you lay out the mm-hmm. rig and this and where you park and, and who's that's there. That's stuff how you normally don't have to figure yeah. out. Right, you, and I wasn't, like, I don't have an agent, and I, I was, like, doing it all on my own, and I kind of wanted it done a certain way. And I, so it was, it was a lot, but uh, it, was, it was good for me, and I learned a lot. And yeah, it, start, it turned out okay. So, you also had a huge following from the fans because we know from a birdie inside that you were selling a lot of merch as yeah. well. There were a lot of Dino fans. Yeah, out there. no, it was awesome. It was much appreciated. I think, uh, you know, was, the fans kind of like a story, and I think mine was kind of unique and um, it was kind of cool. It was just me, my dad, Paul. You know, it was like, mm. uh, I don't know if anyone's watched Beer Fest, but they like gather the old <laughs> team back together, you know? So, uh, 
it was it was pretty cool. And um, did you guys had, have a big boot you drank beer out of? Yeah, we, oh, that okay. was our training. So. <laughs> yeah, there you go. A it was, shoey. It's a shoey. Yeah. yeah. So no, it was good. It, it was a lot of fun, and I I was in a good headspace too. But I also worked really really hard for the season, and um, yeah, it it worked out yeah. okay. So. Well, cool, man. Well, I want to go back to the very beginning here for you. That's just the way we start these out. Um, tell us about growing up a wee lad in Glasgow. Well, growing up in Scotland, um, it always rained. So when my dad took me to the track, uh, it was always muddy, it felt like. And I rode, I grew up, I was on a 50, an LEM 50, and uh, started riding when I was four. And then, um, you know, I got a KX60 with the purple seat, if you remember those. <laughs> yep. yep. And uh, raced that. And then in 1999 is when we moved to Canada. So, so was, how old were you then? I was eight and a half or nine years old. Okay. So um, spent a good time, like, like raced in Scotland and yeah. stuff like that. And uh, what, what was it like over there? What was racing in Scotland like? It's not massive, but still uh, quite a few good riders. Sean Simpson. Um, he was around back then? Yeah. Okay, you yep. guys are similar age, I guess. I don't no, know. he's I think three years older yeah. than okay. me. But there's a picture. There's a picture. Billy McKenzie. Yeah, yes. and see, that was me on the on the sixty. But I did have one with the purple seat. That's not. I had another sixty. But as there, I was actually Ricky Carmichael uh, inspired <laughs> me. I had the fox gear, the bell helmet, the spy goggles. Like I had the full thing. So. Now, did Andy cut those numbers out, or how, what yep. happened on no, that? No, that was definitely an Andy job. <laughs> it looks like a hungry nine. And it looks know like what, it's going to eat something. You know what something. the best part is? Like my eyes are barely even like out the goggles. Like I don't yeah. even know how I could see. <laughs> the goggles are held by your and eyes. And honest to God, I remember those goggles to this day. That the lenses were so scratched, I didn't know how I could see out them either. But. It's actually quite a funny story because I, ra- I rode that bike always on this little track and the gas cap fell off this one time. I didn't know what had happened and my legs and everything else was on fire yeah. and I was just a wee lad running about like, like I-, I was like, dad, something and he's pouring water <laughs> over me and it's quite funny. So. Well, I-, I-, I remember the strap on the back of the seat yeah. back on those old cowies so you could pick it up. Yeah. That's great. No, it was the old days for sure. So you did quite a bit of racing then even yep. y- young age okay, mm-hmm. before you left. So then why did you guys move to Canada? Uh, I think for my dad's work, he was a finishing carpenter, built kitchens, cabinets, did all that. And um, the business was really boom, like he was really busy and it was stressful. And my dad had previously worked in Canada with his brother before I was born. Mm. So we already had, him and my mom already had their passports. So they wanted a bit of a change because the business was just getting too stressful. So we moved everything to Canada. Calgary, right? Yep, Calgary. And so we moved there and rode at Blackfoot. Um, this track in Calgary, which was really, really good. But the thing is, is when in the winters, it was so cold. So we'd come down to California for a couple weeks at a time, and I started getting better. Then the next year, it was like a couple months, and then the next year, it was like six months. And then after that, I got picked up by Team Green, and we ended up moving here. So, so when you came down, would your dad come with you? Yeah, it was... And he'd just take time off work? Yep, he would okay. take time off work, and... Um, my mom, dad, sister would stay in the fifth wheel trailer, um, the state park up by Star West. Uh, if you remember, you know the the Paris State Park. Okay, we'd stay yeah, up Paris. there. Yeah, yeah, we'd stay up, stay up there. So, like back in this is early two thousand. So, like the tracks were just booming. Like yeah. we'd go to Star West yeah. in the morning, and then Paris night. Uh-huh. You know, at night. So I'd do go ride Star West in the morning, go do schoolwork in the middle of the day. Dad would do bike work, and then we'd go to Paris. Like it was. <laughs> I just remember those days. It was so packed, and you'd go to Elsinore, yeah. and McGrath would be there, and it was the line to get in was just massive. That's what it was like. That's around the same time when I moved to the states. Yeah. Like I remember yep. going to Elsinore in like oh one mm-hmm. when we were teammates. You know, like geez, there were li- yeah. lines out the, the line. back. There'd be like 
500 riders it, on a day? It was day? insane. And yeah. dudes would just circle the big jump in the middle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> There's yeah, those yeah. guys that would just circle that <laughs> big then, jump in the middle. And there'd be all their like, girlfriends and buddies taking oh, yeah. pictures. And yeah. They, yeah. Get that one for the gram. Yeah. Well, that was before yeah. the gram. I don't even know what it was yeah. back no, then. No, that was at MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if it was my. They had to go develop the pictures. Yeah. They were doing it for the black hey, room, the dark room. A lot of guys in wife beaters doing wheelies through the parking lot. Yeah. Too. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that happened that, all the time. That was bro central. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, there it is. Well, when I moved here, I remember they're like, oh, this is the 909. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. And I started figuring that out pretty quick. Right. What right. that meant. Yeah, it was. It was Cool Flat building black socks. Oh man. Wheelies in the pits all day. Cottonmouth Kings blaring at some big brodozer. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was it. It was definitely the peak of the the IE. So uh, nothing's changed. The brodozers are just bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you guys stayed in Canada until, until when? At what point did you guys go, all right, let's let's move down? And was it because of racing or Yeah, it was because of racing. So I just we lived in Canada, we raced all the races there and did the, nat- the amateur nationals and stuff, and it was a lot of fun. Um, got, you know, met some great friends, and um, so, yeah, we, we just got better and better. We still came down to do the Loretta Lens, the World Minis, and stuff like that. And Were you doing that from Canada, too? Yeah. 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 Okay. So it was a lot of, a lot dri- of driving, driving yeah. and travel. So anyways, uh, Dave Gellin was the team green guy back then, mm-hmm. and I remember I raced Loretta's, and the top 12 qualified for the U.S. Open, and that was 2005. And uh, Team Green picked me up after the U.S. Open, which was Dave Gowland, and got me the whole ride. And uh, so we all just committed to come here in uh, 2005. That's, that's big, man. I would yeah. actually love to ask your dad, what was it like? I mean, did you guys sit down and talk about that decision to go? Or Yeah, I mean, do you remember it was, how that it was went? just a sacrifice. Like, who knows if it was going to work or yeah. not, you know, like... It's, it's crazy. So it was kind of scary in, in a way, you know, but um, it was, it was like, for, for me, it was like, you know, like we've made this huge move. Like I need to make it happen. And Cal- uh, Team Green had such a good contingency program that on the weekends, you could race like four or five classes as an amateur and get the contingency and make like twelve to $1,500, which was really good. And that would help me you know, yeah, go, go to the next go race, to the next race yeah. whatever, you yeah. know, so that was a great help. That, that was really awesome. So it was, I think that was a lot of motivation for me, though, to make it was like... Did that add pressure to you? I mean, as a, as a kid, I don't, that's a lot of... I like, don't think I fully understood it, yeah. but I, I kind of, you know, did get the message that this was yeah, yeah, yeah. serious. It's like, hey, but, your life doesn't depend yeah. on it, but we really need that. So <laughs> yeah, win this so. No pressure, dude, but... Uh, Anything we, but winning yeah. is a failure. Yeah, <laughs> I remember, actually, it's quite funny, in 2005, when we lived in Canada, we had a Loretta Lynn Regional Qualifier. In, in Canada? No, 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 in oh. Glen Helen. Oh, but so we drove. But we drove from Canada to this okay. regional, and you had to make the top five, and everybody came to it. Tomac, Wharton, um, like, there were so many, Baggett, there were yeah. so many fast guys, and I didn't even know, like, I was so, like, we drove this far. If, if, <laughs> if I wasn't making this, like, the drive back would have been oh. the worst drive ever. So it's actually quite funny. I came and I absolutely killed it, like, totally surprised myself. I won, like, my classes, and, and um, Eli Tomac tore me down, my 85. No way. And there's, like, 40 people surrounding this pop-up tent. And, um, you know, we came from Canada, so everyone was calling me, like, the Canadian kid got tore down. And... Um, you know, obviously we knew it was good. It was the 85, 12 to 13 stock class. And Tom Morgan was the one tearing it down. And it was like, obviously like the bike was brand new out the box. But uh, yeah, it was pretty nerve wracking. Like 
but yeah, made like 150. Yeah, I was gonna say they got whatever they put up. You get to keep, right? Right. right. Yeah. So yeah, it was. So it was a cool. really good weekend. It man. was. It was. But <laughs> it's actually quite funny because my dad's someone that doesn't let. Um, he doesn't let things go very well, so he still like he still hates hey, John he's still Tobin. Better at John Tobin. <laughs> sounds I, I sounds like my it. dad at yeah, times. Yeah. Have you ever said that to him? You ever said it to Tomac? Oh no, no. So, <laughs> it's just funny we laugh about it. You haven't talked to Eli about that at all, like. No, no. I, 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 he doesn't talk a whole lot, and no, we've had, <laughs> yeah, we've had a few run-ins, but we're cool now. But yeah, yeah. we just kind of do our own thing. You, Scott, that's a Scott thing, huh? You kind of hold grudges. Yeah, you're kind of grumpy. I'm, I'm better than my dad. My dad's pretty. You, just, you got a little Canadian. And you know what? He's not changing. So the thing is, like, he's, he's the, his age now, he's not changing now. So it is what it is. So. Yeah, it's like my old man. It's oh. just. <laughs> you're two dads together, dad. Like, a couple of. At least Andy looks like he's happy to see you. <laughs> yeah. Gerald yeah. just looks like he's still like. <laughs> yeah, whatever, bro. <laughs> yeah, Andy's always smiling. Your dad. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen him smile. If he's smiling, you know he's shit faced. Does he have teeth? Oh yeah, there yeah. is. Yeah. No, no. If he's smiling, he's he's like quite a few deep. Uh, Just chilling. Oh man. We call it autopilot. He's on autopilot. Yeah. Hey, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, does it? Yeah. I'm not on autopilot. <laughs> yeah. Yet. Okay. All right. Maybe off the TLD. I was break. just talking about the shit faced part. Oh. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know who's mixing his drinks tonight, but let's keep them. You know. Let's water them it, down. Water them down just a touch. Just a touch. We've had to, what, did you, what do you call it? We've had too many coffee throttle shows. It's time <laughs> to get back to whiskey throttles. So we've got to keep it going. That's true. I, I, there is people We're trying that, to get the ratings up here. Yeah, there is yeah. people that like it when he gets sloppy. At the end of Twitch's show, there was like... Yeah, anyway. Yeah, we'll anyway. move on. <laughs> I might have to watch that one. That was a different time. Just fast forward to the last <laughs> Quit living one. in the past. <laughs> I, got some, I have some outtakes yeah. as well if you want well, to see the outtakes. We had to edit about I, 10 minutes. I actually heard a good pop on Mac. Pulp MX show from GL one time as well. Oh, yeah. I was uh, there for that one. I saw I that. heard the ride home was even more interesting. Uh, yeah, I was Kifa. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, all right. Well, what about Canada? So you, how long did you live there? I lived there for about five to six years. And you raced from 1999 to 2005. Was the racing good up there? Like oh, the amateur it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it, was, it was good. It was, had a lot of fun there. Um, the track at Blackfoot was always so cool because... It was like always the same people would go there. So everyone mm-hmm. would work during the day. Every, like we would go to school and then the track would open at like three or four in the afternoon. And then it'd be like a good night session. And it, I'll always have good memories from there because it was just good, good people. And um, I just really enjoyed it. So yeah, raced uh, there. I always got protested a lot there in Canada though. Like, I don't know if they liked it when I went, I, I'd come to California, I'd come back and I'd be like really fast. And if you like, jumped on the yellow flag or did anything it was like there was a scope on me and i always got protested so andy didn't like that very much um i remember i was racing this one time at the what is called the western canadian amateur nationals and i was hitting this low line that was there and in the middle of the race they put tires on it and my dad lost the plot and yeah it was uh it was not good. So, so he hates Canadians? No, he hates John no, Tomac? No, he just, he's just, yeah. Was Canadians, just, Americans. <laughs> no, it was just, yeah, I always got protested. So other than that, though, that was when I was young. Was, always had a great time. Was Wild it. Rose Raceway open then? That, that's Blackfoot. Oh, that's Blackfoot. Yeah, oh, okay. okay. Yeah, and they it's, it's so cool because it's just in the city, like the, the main jump backdrop is the city. It's yeah. beautiful. It's so I cool. Did a, I went up and did, after I had quit racing, I did a, a national up there. Yeah. And it's it's nuts, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, as you're jumping around this track, you look, and the whole city of Calgary is right like behind it's, you. Like it's in the city, which yeah. is unbelievable. It's so pretty neat. It's really and good cool. dirt. Like it's it's a mm-hmm. rad That's spot. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Who it's was awesome. your like who 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 did you battle with back then in Canada? 
back then. Um, at the amateur nationals, it was Cole Thompson. Oh yeah. So he was good. Yeah, tough. And uh, there was like a few good riders that that don't really race anymore. But uh, yeah, Cole Thompson was kind of like the main one. He was always younger than me though. Mm. Um, but yeah, the the main guy was Cole, I believe. Anybody else that grew up with you, kind of that was from that era that was fast, whether they stayed in Canada or not, or no? Um, not that I not so much. Call. Yeah. It's tough, man. If you hadn't moved to the States, like, I, I doubt you'd have made it, right? Like, yeah. No, I grew up in Montana. That, right. And it's yeah. not a whole lot. It's uh, not far from Montana's Calgary. not far from yeah. up there. Uh, oh, yeah. It's just. And you can't ride for like six months. Yeah, it's the exact same. Yeah. Well, that's so that's, that's, why we always that's the down. thing that I always found crazy was part of the reason growing up on dirt bikes in South Africa was we could ride 300 at least 50 days of the year. Yeah. I look at places like where you said you guys grew up, and I'm like, Excuse my French, but who the fuck would buy a dirt bike <laughs> and, and, in that part of the world? Like, yeah. I don't get it. Like, get a snowmobile. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people do. So. Yeah. Good um, for you guys. <laughs> Glad to have you guys around. So what year did you move to the U.S.? Uh, the end of 2005. That what? U.S. Open that I raced. Yeah. Yeah. We, that was the deciding factor. Yeah. Did I got you? the contract that weekend from Team Green. Yeah. And when you guys got that contract, that's when we, you guys sat we down. We got a okay. house. Yeah. Where'd you, where'd you move? Just, you bought a house? San Jacinto. Okay. We got a couple. <laughs> Buy Cardenas. <laughs> Buy Cardenas. Yeah. A good carne asada. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, was there any reason for that? Or? It was cheap. cheap. Okay. Yeah, it was okay. Really cheap. <laughs> We're on a budget. The so. casino was there, too. Don't forget. You go to yep. Saboba and hang out. So was your dad? It was close to where that Destinations was supposed yes, to be. It was yes, close yes, to yes, that. Yes, I was yes. really close to that. Mm. So, yeah. Did your dad have work lined up down here or no? When you guys moved? <laughs> yeah, no. he was a lot of work I'm not trying to get my dad arrested right now oh. <laughs> he put him to work well, well, I put him to work child labor <laughs> yeah well how did you handle passports and stuff or, or like it, it's tough to get a visa down yeah, here yeah well I got my sports visa okay. and then when you have that for so long I got my green card so I, I have my green card now okay so. Or how does you know this? How does that process work? It's a long freaking process. Are yeah, you, <laughs> you got to get obviously lawyers and all that to get all that done. It's but expensive too. We're good now. Yeah. So probably, do you remember when I raced um, Toronto Supercross? Yeah, yeah, you had my issues. My rookie year, and I was. Um, that yeah, was one of my was, questions, actually. I was I was already uh, in the process of it, but I didn't have it yet. You know, I was like supposed to come before the season. Of course, it didn't happen, and then. So when I raced in Toronto and I was third in points as a rookie, like doing really well, came to come back cross and then like, dude, they wouldn't like let us cross. Yeah. And I missed, me and Bagot were like big nemesis then. And he, I was stuck in Canada and he got his first, he got his first win. Yeah. Career win. so pissed. Oh, I was on the couch. I was like in tears. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, that's a yeah. rough one. That's happened like Duval, didn't that happen to Duvalos yeah. as Duvalos well? Duvalos didn't even end up going there because. He was afraid. His, his passport. Well, think about. Backing it up even further, Albertine wasn't allowed in certain countries back then because of apartheid. He couldn't go to Sweden. The, the Did Swedish he miss races? Yeah. Because of a what? Because of apartheid. You know, the whole racial thing in South Africa? Oh, uh, right. Certain countries wouldn't let him in because he was South African. Hmm. So he had his own set of issues. Yeah, but that's yeah. crazy, man. Well, I've always been paranoid about that stuff, but I got my U.S. passport. So. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I'm surprised that Feld doesn't think of that. I mean, maybe that's part of the reason they don't, we don't go to Canada anymore because there yeah, are a lot of international issues. racers. There's and been a few issues, yeah. yeah. God, yep. I, think, I never thought about the GPs, but every single round is in a different country. Well, 
when when I had my European visa, we'd go to Brazil or Indonesia or you know any of these Eastern European countries. We have to get visas. You'd have to go to the uh. South African consulate in Paris, or so we'd have to drive hours to go and make an appointment to wait, and it was it pain was it, a pain in the ass, but also nerve wracking because they're like, yeah, we're flying on this flight. Okay, we can't book our ticket until we get our visa. So it was always a yeah, those guys make you nervous, too, at the border. Well, they're also dicks. Yeah. Let's be honest. They're real dicks. They've got a little authority, and they just, like, treat you like a criminal. It's, it's like stadium security. You just give them a little bit of power, and yeah, man, yeah. they lose their shit. Yeah. yeah. It's like a mall cop. Yeah. <laughs> Paul a bunch Blart. of Paul Blarts Hey, we need to be careful on who we're letting into this country, don't you know? All don't right. you know? Yeah, I, I know. Easy there, Minnesota Donnie. <laughs> don't you know? Uh, okay, so once you moved here... What year was that again? End of 05. So, 05, I think I, th- I used to see you out at like State Street. Mm-hmm. I was training with the Tedder kids. I would yep. like go out and train mm-hmm. with them. And I'd yep. see you out there just State, yeah, pounding was, motos all the time. When it was raining, that was always the spot. Yeah. 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 Oh, golf course. You've always been a hard worker, man. I'd be yeah. like, that's something I've always appreciated about you is like, you were not afraid to put the work in. No. You rode a lot. Yeah, I've always been that. Even when I rode for Mitch and still today, it's what... I think makes me excel is I'll just love a lot of bike time. I like to put in my motos and just keep riding all day. Because it just gives me that comfortability and that confidence and that feel of the bike. I know everything it's going to do. And mm. I don't know, some, some people like to cut the riding short and do more gym work. But I always just felt like I was someone that enjoyed to ride a lot because mm. it just made me comfy at the races. So. Yeah. We hear that a lot. Like Marty Smith was talking about that. Like a lot of the guys we have on say that same thing. I, I, I still believe in it. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, Ricky rode a lot in the beginning. Yeah, he was a little bit pudgy, but he still kicked everyone's ass. <laughs> he got in better shape, but he still kicked everyone's ass. Yeah. So at the end of the day, um, I think he just upped his overall training. He didn't cut his riding time. But yeah. I've always believed in ride as much as you possibly can. Yeah. If you're hating the bike, yes, maybe take a little time off or go hit the hills mm-hmm. or do something different but I mean I don't well when you're riding with Mitch and you got bones you know taking you out that was something I hey, learned how many times was... did you have to hear his bullshit story about the sun setting oh, yeah. the moisture's rising <laughs> yeah. the lap times are yeah. dropping yeah. there's Where's a new bones lap at? record bones <laughs> is actually yeah. Yeah. tracks it? coming around that yeah. was it. it's coming around. coming around <laughs> it's blue groove you got no knobbies yeah. on your tire and he's like I think there's a lap record in the making here. That's it. I know you got it in you, Dino. And if you got, if we got that like bet, the good fork setting, it was the super fork. We got yes. the super fork. So those were the good <laughs> days. I enjoyed that. We always put in a lot of laps, road till dark, mm. and I, I, I like that because then when you go home, it, you're satisfied. You feel good with the bag. You say, got a good scent. I really like. I think it like also that. helped just here, like mm-hmm. just to feel like you know what I rode more than yeah. anyone Who else. Who else put in that amount of time riding today? Yeah. You know, yeah. so I enjoyed that. Did Bones ever mess with you? No, but I just hate when he'd always take us to Comp Edge on Tuesdays because it was windy, it was the drive, and it was just like, I, I, that was one thing I didn't enjoy. I had it one time. I couldn't tell the difference in this shock, and I was, there was something I didn't like, and so I pulled in. I'm like, man, I don't know, man. It's still just this one thing. Here, let me change something. He goes down and just you know, fiddles with the clicker. Try that. I think you're going to like this. I think this is it. I go out and do a couple more laps. I'm like, yeah, I, th- I think that's a little better. What did we do? Nothing. <laughs> he, he turned it in two clicks and then turned it back out. I'm like, you son of a bitch. He goes, yeah, we're done. You're tired. That's, let's just, that's let's something I would say. That's something I would say. But mind you, that was at like 7 p.m. We, or also, we also have a titanium spring story that goes a little bit like that too. So, yeah. uh, all right, I we, didn't we, like the tie spring. We and could, then he threw it on there and I came in. I'm like, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> we could talk bone stories all night. Um, yeah. 
So how did that go your first few years down here? Were you hitting all the amateur nationals, mm-hmm. going hard? Yeah, I hit the – it was Team Green, um, 85. I was one last year on my 85, and I was like kind of a fourth to fifth place guy. The next year was my first year on a big bike, and I was like a same fourth to fifth place guy. And then I was like – that was the schoolboy class, and then the next year was the B class, and I got on Bobby Hewitt's Extreme Team Green, and it was a lot more support underneath the yeah, semi yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. And I won quite a bit, but I, I really stepped up and the support and everything was really good. So the next year of that was 2009, and that was like my year like to make it happen. You won a ton of titles that year, right? Yeah, I barely lost all year. It was like I just knew that this was the year to make it happen before I went pro. And if I, you know, if I wanted to – I always just wanted to ride for Mitch. That was all I wanted to do. And I remember – I just, like, I wanted to write for him so bad, and I knew I had to go talk to him, but, like, it's just, putting myself in that position was not something I liked. Like, I'm 17, and my yeah. hands are all sweaty, and I just remember <laughs> he's got his big gulp cup from the gas station, and I remember I walked in there, and, and um, I won world minis, all my classes. I think I didn't even lose, I won 12 for 12, and, like, he gave me an ignition for that weekend, so I just, first off, I started off, thanks for the ignition, I really appreciate it. He's like, you're welcome. And I was like, that was it. And I'm like, and I'm starting to sweat. And I'm like, oh. And I was like, well, um, I, and I was just, I just really want to like let you know, I really want to ride for your team, blah, blah. And he's like, just nods ahead. And then takes a go up. And I'm just like, I'm sweating so bad. And you can tell now that I'm older, he just enjoyed like watching me sweat. And I was just like, okay, well, I'm going to go. <laughs> so You were like, it helps, huh? Yeah. Well, see you later. <laughs> yeah. So it was nerve wracking, but it's this. I, it's like, I don't know, I felt like that was important and he liked to see that. I put myself in that position that I didn't want to do it, but I just, I really wanted to be on his team. And he left it so long at the end of my amateur year to let me know I was on the team. I had a few options, but I was, wait, I was waiting those out till Mitch gave me the okay. Yeah. So, yeah, um, that, that's how the, that's how. I remember the first time I ever actually physically saw you ride was at uh, Parlour in 09 and you had just come off kind of winning and everything yep. and I remember um, watching and I was like man that kid's good and they're like that's that Dean Wilson and I, and I always just loved watching you ride and your style and your technique and it was like I remember thinking I'm like I'm curious because I want to watch this kid because he looks like he's got you know all the core ingredients and I always feel like with certain kids I have this I don't know just I just want to watch and follow because you're curious. You're like, he's got everything. Is it going to work out? Right, and, right. And, you know, yeah. so you see yeah. that. And, you know, like AC was mm-hmm. always supposed to be the next big right. thing. So you always have a feeling like you watch it. But I remember watching out of Paula, I was like, wow, this kid's mm-hmm. got something special. You had a really cool, unique uh, technique as well. Yeah, yeah I was always was like, fun. I always loved Filippoto's style. And, um, but I got a lot taller than Filippoto, but I always like, <laughs> hung off the back. I, like when I was smaller, I was hung off the back and I looked a lot like Filippoto, but then I got taller. So I had to like adjust a bit. And then I got like more into like Stefan Everett's. I loved how he always stood up. And so I tried to mimic that. So that was like, but I just rode so much back then. I would, you know, I'd go riding at Glen Helen and then I'd go to the hills and do figure eights. And, and just, there's so many drills I would do. And to this day, I still do that. But when I look back, I, I, just rode so much and mm. I, I wanted it that bad and I mean obviously I do now too but it, it, it really uh, I think that's what helped me yeah for sure so. well like I said I, when I would see you out there riding we'd, we'd be a whole day working with those couple of kids I was working with and I'd look over and you're still just yeah. grinding I'm like this kid man <laughs> who's this guy serious 
Um, so 08 and 09, you, you, you did really well at the amateur stuff, won a bunch of titles. 2010 was your pro debut. And you did you start at Supercross that year? Started Supercross, yep. Mm. So, so yeah, started... Take us through that season. Supercross. Um, I remember my first... I remember to this day the first day on the bike, and it was like, oh, like I finally got on a Mitch Payton, Cowie, 250. Yeah. Oh, and it was... I, it's, the thing was so sick. Like, because yeah. they were just so above everyone else like the bike especially was, at that time yeah, too the bike was amazing and um i did pretty good like i was pretty cl- real close like weimer was the man at the time right he was mm-hmm. winning the you championships rode, you rode west that year i was supposed to be west but it's actually a funny story um so 2010 rookie year having a great off season i'm riding really well and it rained really hard and i'm like i you know how much always gives us a 450 to ride so I'm like, I'm going in the hills. And my dad says, no, you're not going in the hills. I says, well, no, me and my buddy, Tony, like, I'm going. And, like, we had a falling out, and I went. So we were in the hills. We are doing some jumps, and, like, I tried this stupid jump. And I got wheel spin, Dean wheel spin. Dean wheel spin. <laughs> and I ended, went over the bars, and popped my shoulder and broke my thumb. Uh, and all I thought, first thing, was my dad and Mitch Payne. It's going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't have a worse combination. My dad and Mitch Payne. So I'm thinking, oh, no. So, so... We leave this PC450 in the middle of the hills, my helmet and everything, and I get doubled back to my friend's house. We're Googling how to pop my shoulder back in. We couldn't get the shoulder in. So then we, had to, we told our friend to go get my bike so no one takes it. So went to the hospital, and I remember like calling my dad. I'm like, oh, uh. my God. And I was like, Dad. And I told him, <laughs> call Andy. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. Uh. He didn't speak to me for like two weeks after that. But. And then when I, I remember when I called Mitch. I was like, um, yeah, so I was riding this corner track and like, <laughs> I was going to say, I was just about to say, yeah. how did you twist the story? Yeah, I was like, I'm riding the car and there was just this one jump on the corner track and it just fucked me and yeah, I think he wasn't stupid. Then he's I like, he it's knew. not a corner track then. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was corner, we had to turn around to keep hitting the jump. Right, right. So. <laughs> yeah. so I'll just always remember that. So anyways, that was that, got postponed to East Coast. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think I got six because I missed two races because I was stuck in Canada, but. Oh, that was the year you got stuck. Yeah. I th- it was a pretty good year. I got a few podiums and, um, what else? Oh, Vegas was a good one when Ve- uh, PC went one through four yes. and we were all battling and that stuff. Was it was awesome. Mm-hmm. They made a big poster of that. Yep. Yeah. So that was cool to be part of. Mm. So, and then outdoors went really good. Um, probably the biggest Bonehead move was the second round of outdoors. I was leading, and I thought I was riding that good. Paul wrote on the pit board, 5.6. And I thought I was riding that good. I thought I had, I thought I had 56 second lead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I, I felt that good. Yeah. And I seen Rattray on my corner, but it was really hot that day. So I see Rattray on the corner of my eye, and I'm like, oh, man, he must be a lap down. And like three corners before the finish, I let him by, okay? And then he that. does a big fist pump over the tabletop. I'm like, oh my, I, I realized what I had did. So I just broke into tears. Like I just lost my first win. But at that time, I still had the overall win. So I'm going through the rollers, just, just like <laughs> sobbing. and <laughs> Scream crying under your helmet. Yeah, my buddy Brock Tickle passes me over the finish line and I lost the overall. No way. Oh my God. I seriously cried for two days. If you look at the podium pictures, 2010 Freestone, I was like, <laughs> oh, it was bad. I'm going to have to go back and find some of those photos. So two, I do so remember that. Two rounds later, I won Bud's Creek, and then it uh, was pretty good through the season, and I won Paula. And then, so it was, a, it was a good year, Rookie of the Year and stuff. Yeah. So. 
That's a great year. Yeah. A couple wins. And then yeah, really good, yeah. the following season, 2011, yeah. second in Supercross, yeah. and you won the outdoor title. Right. So, no, it was a good year. Was battling, had good battles with Barsha and Supercross and just made some dumb mistakes and crashed a few races. And then I remember outdoors, that year. You were Faust. Yeah. And then outdoors just started off the first race of the year with a win. And, um, yeah, it, it was just good. I was just on the podium every race and rode really well. And yeah. me, Baggett, and Rattery were all just battling yeah so. that was a good year that year to watch mm-hmm. yeah were on fire. another thing i noticed about you over your career is you don't uh, maybe you can tell me if different but like you don't seem to prefer indoor or out you're good both yeah that's the thing is i mean i think for convenience supercross is yeah you know just tough to beat yeah as you, you fly <laughs> in you drive 10 minutes to this, uh. this the hotel this the stadium's right there outdoors it's you fly in you have an hour and a half drive like it's more of a grind mm-hmm. but i feel like i'm i'm good at outdoors and I feel like I can suffer in the heat. Like, I really like the heat, and, and I feel like, I don't know, I just, I, I do well in the outdoors as well. Well, you have to like mud. A I mean, Scotty Canadian who loves the heat. That, yeah, uh, that doesn't Yeah, I know. It's a weird sense, combo, does that's it? Good. it doesn't make sense. So, uh, actually, I'm not really a big fan of the mud ever since my knees aren't the greatest, you know, so I don't like dabbing them just too much. It just adds that risk yeah, factor. Yeah, yeah. So. I hated the mud just because I avoided it my whole life. Right. <laughs> we didn't have much. Yeah, so. yeah. And if it did... Rain in South Africa, everyone's like, it's going to ruin the bikes. We'll just do this club race next weekend. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There wasn't any like yeah. officials just like, I, 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 okay, cool. Let's yeah. drink and then we'll go next weekend. <laughs> <laughs> the old man just wanted an excuse to have a drink. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you, um, hey, look, is that the photo? Yeah, that's it. I don't know if you can zoom in on my face. <laughs> look at his but face. He I think like I tried to put a smile on, but my eyes are really, really red because I was so sad. It, I don't look that bad there, but ask Paul, man. I was. I was pouting, so. Yeah, Purcell <laughs> got it, Rattray second. So I went from first to third in like two seconds, so it was devastating. Ah. That, was, that would have been 50 grand for me if I would have won that. You know what they say? Sucks to be you. It did. At that moment. It did. Sucks to be you. Mm. So. I do remember that. Yeah. Because I still one. remember thinking, why do you let Rattray buy? Mm-hmm. You were just crying under your helmet. It's hard to I see. I was <laughs> sobbing, sobbing, so. I don't mean to laugh, but that's pretty damn funny. Um, yeah, let's, let's bring up all the <laughs> shitty things that happened in your past real quick. <laughs> and have I a good chuckle. It. It's all right. I, I can know. take it. We know uh, that. It's just funny. All right. So the next year, 2012, how did that go? 2012. Um, so came into the season, and um, yeah, I, I felt like uh, I was just so expected to win. Like mm. everybody's like, oh, like you had such a good 2011, 2012. So I came in, and I just had the worst arm pump ever. And just real tight, I won. I started like bringing it back together. I got a couple wins, and and then you know I was riding well. Then Tomac crashed in the whoops, and then I got the red plate back. So then I had uh, that that break, and then it was uh, the last three West Coast. So I had the red plate for the West Coast, and then Seattle came, and I was like just revved up. I was like I got to beat Tomac, and then um, we battled hard. We kind of stuffed each other a few times, and then he kind of got the better of me. I got cleaned out. I put my arm out, dislocated it, and then I finished the race. But really, that was the end of the story because my shoulder went in and out and tore my labrum. So I yeah. tried to race the first round of outdoors, um, and it just wasn't happening. You had so to get a fix. That was the end of 2012. So well, yeah, how about that interaction with Tomac? I mean, do you feel I, – I remember that being yeah. a, a big talking point. Everyone was like, was that dirty? Were they just racing? Yeah. I mean, how did you feel about it? 
Um, if I could have... Can you pull that up, Donnie? Can you see if you can find no, that? No, don't. That oh, he says don't. <laughs> that one still stings. <laughs> that one, honestly, will put me in the bad mood, and I'm in a pretty good mood Sorry, right now. Just leave it alone. <laughs> you wanna, you wanna that one stings. I might have to. So... Uh, this is your life is not going so well. Yeah, <laughs> no, that one's right. staying still. But um, yeah, with that race, I was just fired up. I worked really hard in that break. And um, just Tomac was so fast that year. God, he was like, mm. he was just like, you know, like when you watch him sometimes, and he, quite a lot of times, but he gets like that just raw is, uh, speed. Yeah. And he was like that that whole year. So it was hard to beat. So I, like, I stuffed him a few times and uh, he just got the better of me. And now that I'm older, I, I'm not better at it. It was a learning experience and it's what it is. Yeah. So It's racing too. It, it's, it you know, racing. at the end of the day, I always say. I think just because I popped my shoulder out, I was so better towards it. You know, I think if yeah. I would have just got up, you know, it would have been yeah, whatever. Yeah. But my sh- I, I couldn't race the whole Cost you rest a whole of the year, year yeah. which was hard to take. So it's what it is though. It's. All our learning. So then, did you got your labrum fixed that right. summer? Yep. How is that thing now? Is that it's, the same one you just heard again? Um, I don't even know at this point. Okay. <laughs> is it in the same region? Uh, yeah. I mean, my labrum is. I got a very small neck in it, but it's not bad. It's it doesn't need surgery right okay. now. Shoulders are good. Yep. Structurally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good. You so. don't have shallow sockets, do you? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. We just we had another a guy guest. we know. Yeah. Yeah. Shallow sockets. <laughs> Uh, what about the following year? So oh, sorry. <laughs> I just got to throw this out there. After Vegas, he's also got shallow pockets. Oh, Too soon? No. Oh, ouch. All right. I'm cut off. <laughs> I'm putting no, myself back going. in time. We're, we're Somebody get Gio a coffee. Up. We're warming up. <laughs> and we've had enough coffee. Hey, let me ask you this. Totally off topic, but he's going there. What did you think of Cooper Webb's remarks in the press conference about Adam? Did you hear that? I, I didn't watch it. What did he yeah. say? Somebody said, hey, to Cooper after the race, you watched Adam the race before you go out and make a big mistake and then lose the title. Did that change the way you approach your race? And he just goes, no, he cracked. I didn't. Oh. I was like, oh. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's true, but like mm. that seemed pretty. I, I watched. So I was at the race and I seen the crash, but I was from a distance. And then so I um, watched it on TV and it's really a shame because if you watch, his rear wheel just lands in like a square edge bump. Yeah. And it, it was like... Such an innocent oh, mistake. It was like, yeah. it wasn't even barely a mistake, I feel like. It was just like, it just it happened so yeah. quick. It was like, I couldn't believe it. it was, you know, sometimes when things go bad, they couldn't go any better. That was one of those, it wasn't even going bad and it went freaking horrendous. I was watching from behind the start gate and I could see Adam's sister and Censorello's entourage and then... Uh, Ferrandez's. Oh, just the difference. Oh, and I was watching both of them, and like, Cincerello, like the sisters, just crying, and this is, it's all emotional, like, and I'm like, can't believe it, and and then I see them jumping up and down, like it was, oh man, hard. It's it's crazy. So it was tough to watch. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, yeah. I don't know about that remark, though. I don't know if he. I don't know. Well, here's the thing, too. I think sometimes, and and and. You're obviously a really nice guy, so maybe it's different for you. But I feel like sometimes when people say things like that in that situation, you just want to get out of there and celebrate too. And you just say, "Yeah, well, he, you know, he screwed up. I didn't." Yeah, but so man, it could be taken. You could def- you, he could have just said, "Ah, oh, you know what? I was just doing my thing." Like, yeah. You, just, yeah, you could have left that alone. That was a that was a little jab. Little jab. Hmm. No. They're not obviously buddies. No, no, but no. man. I'm sure they'll become friends when they both race 450s. I'm sure they'll oh, sure be good, good buddies. Yeah, yeah good buddies. <laughs> you know, exchange addresses and things yeah. like that for Christmas Send, cards. Sending Christmas cards, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm sure Adam's not like uh, Andy where he won't forget that. 
Um, all right, so you got your shoulder fixed. What about the next year? So the next year, actually, um, off-season went really good. 2013, um, well, actually, no, 2012 was an interesting year because I, I was kind of over the 250, and I wanted to go 450. So um, I talked to Mitch. I had some really good offers, and I decided to go with Jeff Ward because I wanted to stay on the Kawasaki, Jeff Ward team. And um, I was promised to get factory parts, this and that, and um, the money was good. The bonuses were good. It was just like, ah, oh, this is perfect. So I signed the deal and then no late and then like I started riding the bike and then like probably two weeks later I got the call that like hey the team's like not yeah. racing next year. I'm like, what do you mean? I just got promised all these things. We looked each other in the eye and like, you know, and I looked like a fool and Mitch hired somebody else. So then I was like, what am I so then I had to reevaluate what I wanted to do. And um I really just felt stupid because I had some great teams offering me good rides and so I helped Mitch again, and Mitch was awesome, of course. So I was like, okay, I want to win you a championship in the Supercross because I haven't won one yet, and I, won't, that's just the, I need to do that. So started off the season, raced the East Coast, and won the first race, uh, second in the second race, I think. I may have won the next race. Like I don't know. I, was, I had the red plate. Did he sign you up for the whole year? or? Yeah. yeah. He took you back even though he was full. Yeah. Wow. And, um, yeah. yeah. Didn't they have five riders that year? Was yeah, it, yeah dude, there was a point there were so many writers on PC, <laughs> I can't even keep up. Like, yeah. Tyler Bowers was on it. So, so Bones is saying seven. Do you remember it? it, it uh, Comp Edge that day, there was like, yeah, it was crazy. So that was my deal. Two, I was going to do East Coast 250, 450 outdoors. So I um, raced East Coast, battling for the championship. Heat, in my heat race at Indianapolis, I landed on this tough block, slammed the ground and punctured my lung uh. and broke ribs. And I uh, fractured like something in my back, real small. So that was the end of that championship. So that was a tough one. And I got the, the tube in the huh. right here, you know. That feels the, good. Oh, huh? yeah. So that sucked. Um, so then I did 450 outdoors and I got two rounds in and then had an unfortunate thing happen with the bike and crashed and popped my shoulder. So that was that year written off. So that same, same thing labrum or what was it yeah labrum so i had to get shoulder reconstruction and that was the same shoulder so i was freaking out that i got two on the same one so got it fixed and i never had a problem with it since but okay. yeah that was 2013 yeah, knock on some wood We're on <laughs> it. big wooden counter that's why we got that knock the shit out of so, it so yeah 2013 not a great year okay so that was 13 um man, and, and that that's point, what seems frustrating like for you uh, i've and as someone that got injured a lot as well in their career, I felt like if I wasn't injured and I was healthy, I was always fighting for wins, podiums, and mm -hmm. championships. And then I'd get injured. And there was that whole rebuilding process. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and I've seen you have to go through that. Was there ever a time where you just were like, do I have to change something? Or is this going to continue to happen? Like, how do you think? Because I know for me, like, I was like, if I injured something over and over, I started thinking, shit, is this going to happen? Yeah, no, Constantly. I mean, it, when, when the injuries, when you keep having those injuries, you, um, you definitely start thinking about them a lot more, and mm. that hindered my writing so bad, and um, so... Were you, like, getting on the bike thinking, I just want to have fun and not get hurt today? Because I feel like sometimes yeah, that's where riders get to when they start thinking, and then that's also that negative right. vibe. Well, going in, so I got my shoulder fixed, and then, so that was 2013 written off, and of course, Mitch had my back again. I didn't really have a whole lot of options, and I still really wanted to just get 
that Supercross championship. But it's just the thing to think about. I was only on my fifth year as a 250 rider. Yeah. Dude, there's guys that are years and years yeah. into it, and I was only like 22, you well, know? So I wasn't even that old, but it's because I won so early on that I seemed like, you know, I was a older. A veteran but, of the class, right. yeah. So it's only my fifth year. In 2014, I said, this is it, Mitch. I hired Rhino as a trainer and like just did everything in my power. And Rhino was actually really, really good at putting things in perspective for me. He, he just had a way of saying things. He's like, like, listen, you can't live your life in a glass cage. Like, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Like, because I, I told him, like, my problems and how I, w- I would be just thinking about stuff too much. I just didn't want to get hurt. I didn't want to mm. do this, that. And, uh, and we kind of broke through that. And 2014 was a, was a pretty good year for me uh, mentally and coming back. But unfortunately, um, well, I was battling for the title again with Anderson. It was me, Anderson, and Seeley were all kind of going for it. And um, I was leading San Diego, and I just made a bonehead move and crashed, and then Anderson landed on my bike and broke my brake caliper. Yes. Oh, that's right. I remember that. Yeah, so that was all the points gone, and that was it. So yeah. Now, so you hadn't hurt any knees at that point? No. You were just shoulders. That was you went from shoulders to knees. Shoulders, I was saying. Shoulders, was <laughs> shoulders two, knees, and toes. No, shoulders was 250s, knees was 450. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, right. yeah. So, um, so the Supercross didn't win the title. I think I got second or third. And then, um, so went outdoors and at Glen Helen. You, you, did you win a race that year in Supercross? Yeah, I think I won two. I was going to say, because it seemed Vegas, like Vegas, and I won Anaheim two. And I should have won San Diego, but because yeah. you've won like races in quite a few different years, when you look yeah. back now, yeah, I was always battling for the title in Supercross, yeah. just didn't quite make it happen. So I think I've gotten second twice and third once. So. Yeah, good results. Just it's tough to put it all together, right? I mean, so yeah. many things have to come together. Yeah, and yeah. I feel like a lot of my injuries sometimes weren't even like my own fault, which is always hard to take as well. Yeah, you know, so at least half of them were. So that's. But that's just part of the sport, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Whether we realize it or not, when we sign up for it, that's what comes with the package. Yep. Yeah. There's things that you get in, you get involved in the sport, and you're like, I never would have thought about that, but that comes with mm-hmm. what we deal with. Um, listen, we're going to take a quick break. I have to pee, and uh, this is going to be your Troy Lee Designs beer break. <laughs> uh, also, the pee break. If you got to pee, get up and do it. Uh, we'll be right back with more Dean Wilspin. Right back. I want to introduce you guys to PowerDot, a wireless muscle stim unit that is controlled by an app on your phone. It's incredibly simple. This is something I've used for a little over a year now to help with arm pump and nagging injuries, and I've had amazing results with it. They recently worked with Adam Cianciarillo to help rehab his knee after surgery. He had an ACL replaced, and after talking to him, it's something he swears by. He's adamant that this is the one thing that got him back on the bike quicker and got him healthy. So if you have any muscle pain, any nagging injuries, or you want to recover the best way possible, Head over to PowerDot.com forward slash Whiskey Throttle for a chance to win a free unit or get 20% off your next purchase. That's PowerDot.com forward slash Whiskey Throttle for 20% off and a chance to win. You can thank me later. I'm not a fan of winter rains. I'm like a fan of more ghosts, those days are another man of his mistakes. Too many cigarettes in my ashtray, fade. I'm dying for a taste. No point in trying to buy. 
All right, welcome back to the Whiskey Throttle Show. That was our TLD beer break. Speaking of TLD, I want to mention a new helmet they've got out. If you guys have children that ride, this is the new Youth SE4 helmet. And something that's really, this is a Yamaha colorway. They make them obviously in different colors and styles, but um, something that's really cool and unique about this, a lot of kids' helmets are just an adult small with bigger cheek pads and stuff, and that's, that's not great for kids. Uh, when you start talking about size and dimensions and when they hit and all that kind of stuff, this has everything that the adult size SE4 has, the MIPS inside, all of the uh, additional EPS in the uh, kind of strategic contact points and things like that. It's crazy light. These things are amazing. Check them out. If you've got a kid, man, you don't want to skimp on a helmet. And um, we're going to get into a, a safety show here probably later in the summer where we're going to show some results from testing. There's been some other stuff printed and uh, I think some of it's baloney. And uh, I'm going to show third-party tests that we did and we'll name all the other manufacturers we used and everything else that show that this SE4 is the self safest helmet you can put your head in. So uh, don't skimp when it comes to your brain. So uh, check out TLD, TroyLeeDesigns.com. Uh, we're going to get into something here real quick. We want to We've never done this at a live show before, but we're going to ask, let, let you guys here in the audience ask our guests some questions. So uh, we've got a friend here, Brittany, going to run around. If anyone's got a question, raise your hand, and uh, she's going to bring a mic on over, and we'll let you guys pick on Dean. Anything you want. <laughs> <laughs> Dean just got nervous. Or not. How's, how's Earl, and will we see him again? Uh, Earl's doing good. He's in his retirement home right now. He's just resting <laughs> up. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. I think he does, you know, want to collect a few more championships that he's got left. <laughs> too, so I don't know. I mean, everyone is always asking if I'm going to do another video, but I don't know. This one, like the first one, it's funny how that all came about because it was just, obviously you've seen bad grandpa and you've seen like all this, um, athletes do stuff. And, um, so I kind of like, we, I want to do this a couple of years ago, but just didn't have the time. So just me and my friend came up with the idea and he works in Hollywood because he's a stunt man and he knew somebody that could do all the makeup. So I paid like a thousand bucks for the makeup and I was like, oh, but I was like, you know what, if, if we do it right, like it could be worth it. So it took like four and a half hours to get the makeup done. And um, so we, we got to Paula and I'm all makeup, feel like the biggest idiot, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, if this is just like, it was so hot that day. So we get to the front gate, and I, I didn't work, like, really on a voice or anything. Like, I got to sound like an old guy. So the first, like, test, and, test was, like, uh, the, the front, you know, gate yeah, girl. coming through. So I was like, hello, sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hey, she's looking at me, and I'm like, I'm not like, I just feel, I just, like, you had to act. So it was just, yeah. it was funny, and then she went along with it. And then it's funny, when I seen her, like, you know, a couple weeks later, I was like, did you ever, like, know, think something was weird? And she's like, not really. And I was like, well, it's funny. You gave me the, the piece of paper to write down the date of birth. And I was like, I was st I sat there for like two minutes trying to figure out like, shit, how old what, am yeah, I? What should I put down? <laughs> yeah. so, am I in my 60s or 70s? <laughs> yeah, so um, it ended up being, it, it turned out okay. So yeah, it was, it was just a good laugh. Something we did for fun. So for the next one, I don't know, it's, it's hard to kind of top it. So we'll have to figure out a good game plan and do it. But I feel like everyone kind of knows Earl, you know? So don't know, we might have to be in a different, maybe Earl's brother or something. Yeah, you know? you, it's like you can't really do that same thing twice. No, you, no, you, you can't. You knocked it out I of the park you, the first time. Yeah, but. I don't know. I can't let any, any uh, yeah, secrets no, 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 out. No, no. So just, just stay tuned and we'll see. Dude, what was it like putting that makeup on? Four uh, hours of sitting yeah, in a chair, huh? Testing my ADD, that's for sure. So. <laughs> 
Well, I saw the time lapse of it, and mm-hmm. it, it did. It looked mm-hmm. like I took a did lot you of wor- Did you worry that the helmet would take the, the makeup off? Well, that's what was so sketchy about the whole deal was when I actually got on the bike, uh, I didn't want to like it to rub the makeup off, so I took the cheek pads out. <laughs> oh. The helmet was just bouncing about. I just <laughs> did the chin strap real tight, and uh, we were hitting freestyle ramps and all sorts of stuff. So um, it was actually... Pretty funny because I went like the week before and like I had the vision in my head on kind of what I wanted to do. And so I was like, oh, I better hit these ramps before like I do this because I can't just go cold turkey and yeah, freestyle. Yeah. So I like, I kind of had a lot more planned than what yeah. like you think. But yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty funny. What was the best response you got from somebody? Like the best part of it for you? Um, I don't know. Honestly, there's this one guy that was, I mean, I didn't, this isn't really response related, but the one guy that's in it, and I, was, I brought the kid with me just to give me a little bit more backup so it looks a little bit more legit. You know how bad grandpa has his, like, yeah, yeah. Gra- his grandson? So the one guy that I said, I said, uh, what kind of bike is this or something I said to him. And he was kind of being like weird. And then, and then I said something like, oh, he should be on the beginner track or something. Oh, yes. To this day, I don't even know like, if, if, like, who the guy was. Or I, didn't even, <laughs> like, I feel bad. I would like to like, message him. I'm like, oh, sorry, mate. Like, I hope you like, don't mind. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got 8 million views now. So, um. eight, million, 8 million people know that you suck. <laughs> hey, if he's out there watching, it was all in good fun. It was right? all good yeah. fun. So Either that or he's found a new sport. Uh, He's, he's got his After Grandpa sold, Earl just sold. called him out, he just yeah. said, all Changed right. Changed his number. Sold his bike. He's done yeah, with it. He's so. playing aggressive chess right now. These yeah. motocross guys are dicks. But taking the makeup off, like I thought like they would just peel the mask off thing, but they like super glued it on and it was like adhesive almost. So it took an hour just to get it off. So when I was done at Paula, it was so hot and I had like a, almost like a rubber glove over my head. So um, it was so hot and I was sweating. Like you'd push it and you could feel like the oh. sweat. It was like... All squishy, and I'm just like, oh, I can't wait to get this off. And it took, I had to drive home, and then he started taking it off, and it took forever. Like, it was. Did a, you get claustrophobic in it? I feel like I would be almost. I was just getting claustrophobic hearing that. <laughs> yeah, so, I was yeah. just like, I wanted to rip it off, but I couldn't. Yeah. So. I probably would have. All right, anybody else got any questions? We got a couple. One over here. One back there. Get yeah, walk in the for line 2020, the factory ride. Do you have one? Uh, working on it right now, so I'm glad to say that I am in a lot better position than last year. So, uh, yay! <laughs> yeah, so that's nice. That's nice. We don't have to stress too hard on that. I think we'll be okay. So I think we'll be on a factory team for next year, which is which is nice. So yeah, working yeah. on it. Yep. Thank All you, right. everyone. Appreciate it. We got we got one way in the back, Brittany. You're gonna have to run. Just curious, back to the Earl deal, uh, did they know that it was you, like Axel? Did he know that you were out there riding as Grandpa Earl? No, no like, um, at first when I was riding with Cole and all these guys, like, they didn't know, but they kind of knew something was fishy, like... <laughs> he had, you see him laughing at one point. Yeah, yeah he's kind of looking he, at he you was, sideways. He's trying like, to figure it out. He was trying to figure it out, and like, when I told him to go get something for my grandson, like... You know, he's such a nice guy. He went back to his truck and got some gloves. And like, I'm just waiting there. And the thing was like, the, the, hard, the thing that I wish I did, but I was scared to, was I wanted to mess with Brian Deegan really bad. But he was eyeing me up and down. And like, I didn't know how he'd react if he was going to fight old Grandpa Earl or not. So, um, but, um, well, that's the sweet part about being an old guy. I don't think anybody would like 
really yeah. punch an old you guy. You can kind of get away with some. True. But, and then just the, right the, over the funniest part the that corner. we had the biggest laugh at, like me and Colt had tears running down our face laughing so hard because when I was writing with him, you know. Um, oh, your the, neck the, starts the glue, flapping. Yeah, the glue came off my neck and it was flapping <laughs> behind him. So he's like, dude, this guy's neck's falling off in front of me. <laughs> so it was pretty funny. He's so old, he's peeling yeah. his skin. Yeah, yeah. I, Hey, plus the turndown whip was not invented when that guy started riding. Uh, they, there's some, I've seen some old school pictures of some old school dudes having it crossed up. Not sure if it was intentional or not. but <laughs> No, they were just crashing. They just yeah. caught it at the right time. Yeah. So. Anybody else got one? We got one back over here to the left side. Last one here. We'll get rolling. So after they pulled you off the team last year uh, for Husky and you fought or the, you started the beginning of the season this year riding for yourself in DW15 and selling T-shirts and everything. How hard was it to get rid of, like, with your dad and everybody backing you and all the work that you guys did to jump onto Husky? Husky? Um, I mean, it was like a 50-50 deal, kind of, because the amount of work it was just to do the first, uh, what did I do, four or five rounds hmm. on my own and those were convenient that was like going to local races really you know from california from to anaheim to phoenix to all that um to oakland and all that so it was that was a lot of work and stress and to think that we hadn't even gone to the east coast yet in a sprinter in a trailer and the the first round that I did with the factory team was a complete snowstorm. And I was thinking, <laughs> could you imagine being a sprinter in the trailer? Like, like, I'm not even kidding. I think that's why I enjoy being a privateer so much was like when um, I was at Anaheim 1, it felt like I was racing the REM. I was sitting in the back of a trailer like with a little propane <laughs> gas tank here. I was like, sitting there with you. Yeah, it was just like, it was just... I came to your hospitality area. <laughs> yeah. And there was some... Artificial grass. There you go. We had, we had and then, HL and then, grass. And then a and, big heater. Yeah. And uh, did, you, did you have a beer too? I Sure I did. There yeah. you go. <laughs> you, you would have enticed me with yeah, something. Of and course. I would have, yeah, of course. So it was just very like laid back and um, kept, it just kept the, the uh, stress down. And so, yeah, I mean, my dad... It seems I'm, to work for you too. Yeah. But the thing that's so cool about the factory Husky team is that um, obviously I was a bit salty or, or not even salty but disappointed that I wasn't back on the team and yeah. Bobby Hewitt really tried for me and Rockstar did but they just never had budget for a third rider so that was like when I talk about a tough pill to swallow that was like yeah. uh, that big gulp it was like oh man that sucks so to go back on it was kind of like well you should have had me from the beginning you know but uh, to take the stress off of my dad and everyone that helped was nice because um, yeah, going to the East Coast and doing the full series, we could have did it, of course, but a lot more stress and being on the factory team is awesome. And, and the factory team, like, they know how I am and the person I am, so we keep it fun, we keep it light, and um, that's just the way I like to work and roll. And um, so I think that's why I gel really good with the team. Mm. And they did do their best to take care of you, right? Like, yeah. you were set up with engines and suspension. Mm -hmm. and no, they looked after me, yeah. you know, awesome, and I have definitely <coughs> no complaints. I, I enjoyed it, and it makes a great story, and is what it is, you know? So um, helped me get to where I am now. Yeah. I, I've said it before, though. This is what I'd love to see. You know, we talked about earlier, the 250 class. They're trying to, you know, push guys out. Um, and you've got this pyramid effect, and it just it gets tougher and tougher. There's fewer rides or good rides. You look at MotoGP, Formula One, a lot of the pinnacles of sport, and there's the factory team, call it, 
But I'd love to see it, if they're going to keep these rules and push good guys out of the class and go, all right, you're all going to end up in this pool, have a system there as well. There's two factory riders at the moment on each team. So there's 12 guys, and you've got 30 guys that mm. probably should be on a ride, at least 20. I would really like to see, and I know Husky's a new factory brand, but I personally think that all these teams should have a basically factory-supported team. Like KTM have that. Um, and at times other teams have, but there should be these factory support teams that have a good program, mm -hmm. a good home, good equipment, and if something were to happen, there's also a feeder system, okay, that guy got hurt, we'll bump him, and there's a, right. there's Just a like, trickle like system. Just like Butler Brothers, but for every team. Yeah. Exactly. Every manufacturer should be obliged to have to have a factory-supported backup team that maybe is privately ran mm -hmm. with sponsors, but it gets full factory support. Right. You see it in a lot of other sports, and I think that's what yeah. we're missing the, in, in the, our the sport The only way the you get that to work in our sport is if Feld were to somehow fund that partially. And give each team, hey, here. If you run a second team, we'll we'll shed you a little bit of this money. <laughs> even the good ones, like even the good race teams, they struggle to to make a profit. It's a no, losing. No, they don't. I mean, they they don't make a profit. The factories lose tons right. of money That's to go I'm and saying. sell bikes. So, but but on a semi-private team, look at Pro Circuit. I mean, look at teams. They've been able to do it. You get that factory support and someone with some business sense. There's always that perfect storm. There's enough people out there. I think it just needs to be focused more on, in my opinion. That's my two cents worth. Yeah. That's I GL's little well, rant for we, the night. I'm done. That was Mella. I'm cool. <laughs> that, felt more like a, that felt more like a buck 50 instead of two cents. Yeah. yeah. Well, all right. Well, You're we'll, welcome. We'll get into that you. another time. 350 that's cent a, coins. That's there an interesting go. argument. All right. Um, let's get back to your career, Dino. Two, uh, 2015. Pick it back up there. Okay. So 2015 was uh, my rookie 450 season. Same with Factory KTM, with Roger DeCosta. Hold on. When did you ride for Reed, those couple of rounds? year before. Okay. 14. And I, you, I fell in for Reed for three or four races. You had some good rounds. Yeah. Like. I rode really good, qualified fastest at Daytona, won my heat race. I think I was in second, and then I faded back to seven. But I held strong for like 15 laps. But I rode really good on that bike, and yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was good. And I think that's what helped me get my ride for the next year. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay, so sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. 2015. So yeah, 2015 was my rookie uh, 450 season, and um, rode for Factory KTM. You know, just one of the best teams out there. And um, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of rode Cowies for so long. Going to an Austrian bike was a big bit of an adjustment for me. So I struggled a little bit. Um, I only got two races in. And You're I'm not the only guy that's had that, right. by the way. No, I, like, I've heard that a the, lot the, from the, guys. The feeling of a bike, of a Japanese and an Austrian bike, are just so different. Like, everything is different. So, it just took me a while to adjust. And <laughs> like, should go back to 2001 and try to do it. Do it with no linkage and see how different that feels. But it was, feels. even for me, I, I remember changing, going to a Japanese bike. Right. I was like, oh, it feels way different. This is kind of weird. They've yeah. gotten better, though. It used to be way worse. <laughs> but it, it is still different. Right, yeah, yeah so... Um, it's really not a lot to say. I second or third round blew my ACL at the test track and, uh, that was me out for four to five months. And then I raced the last three and I think I got top 10 and that was that year. So it, you know, it sucks because it's so crazy. You came back and did the last three. Most yeah. people would have never done that. Mm -hmm. So that's cause for ACL, that's a really short turnaround. Yeah. I think four to five four months. Four to five months. I was 
writing itself. Because it's normally like nine. So I got uh, hurt January 28th that year. So 2016, it was like, I like, all off season, I was just hammering it. Road was writing really good. Um, I don't know, I think I got a couple top tens. And then I won a heat race. And then January 28th, the next year, blew my ACL. Uh, Same day. Test track again or where? No, it, in practice. It, in qu- time qualifying at Anaheim 2, 2016. So I, wrote, I had a two-year contract with um, KTM. I pretty much missed <laughs> a year. Uh, you know, I, I was out for a year. So I just, then same thing, came back outdoors, but I pushed it way harder and I made the last five. And same thing, top tens, nothing special. It's impossible to come back, you know, late in the late season. In the season yeah. It's so hard. Yeah, so that was hard. Top ten's and a good result at that point. You're yeah. trying to, like, get right. And yeah. I remember Roger and Ian pulled me into the office, and it's just like they're very serious people. And I just knew what the news was, and, and they pulled out a sheet of paper, and it says, listen, this is, you've raced this, you've raced yeah. 12 races out of, 40-something races, you know, and I'm, I'm like, yeah, and yeah, so that was another, that was a tough pill to swallow, you know, like, pretty much not cutting the mustard, and I, I just feel like I never really had a proper chance. Never had a chance, yeah. So, that's when I went privateer into 2017, I was on the Yamaha, because, same thing, I never, no one picked me up. Why Yamaha? Why, why? Um, so, why Yamaha? I think... Oh, I know why Yamaha. I went in to talk to Keith McCarty to ride for him. <laughs> and I'll never forget this, but I sat in his office and he called me like, <laughs> he called me Steve or something. Like <laughs> and I didn't He's like, this is not going well. I th- it was not a good start. <laughs> like he didn't really, I don't think he knew who I was really. And I just went along with it. And um, I'll never forget though, he called me by the wrong name. And I just like, <laughs> okay, and I just said I really want Were to... Were you like, do I correct him? Do no. I just act dumb? Do I just roll with it? Yeah. <laughs> like, I hope he doesn't <laughs> drop a contract right now for Steve. Uh, uh, nothing worse than being like, I hey, I'd lo- I would love yeah. to sign, but I'm not doing <laughs> Steve. Steve Dad, Wilson, Dad, I got to change yeah. my name to Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so I was trying to write... I, wanted, I was trying to get a write, obviously, and he's like, well, what, what about if you're like one of... Our test right out. You can be one of our test writers and dude, that was such. A, I was like, dude, I don't feel like I'm that bad to be a test writer already. <laughs> like, it was such like a punch in the gut. I'm like, am I that bad? Like, he's like, well, well, how about like we'll get you a couple bikes and then we'll, um, you know, we you can test some parts for us. I was like, dude, I felt like pretty bumped with the barrel, honestly. Like, I'm a parts tester, so I was like, <laughs> okay. So he he supplied me with two bikes and. Um, like what parts? Like race team parts or like no, endurance I, testing? I, I rode. I I went to the test track and Grips. rode rode the race bike one day all day. And I honestly like I didn't know what was really going on. I thought this was almost like a test try. I was riding so hard that day, and they're like, "Thanks very much." And then he paid me for <laughs> testing that day. I was like a test rider, so I was like, "Damn!" I I was thinking I was like maybe. So, anyways, going to Anaheim. Um, Hey, but you're still a professional. You're getting paid right now. Yeah. True, but... So you were full privateer ever. You just put your right. ideal together with these bikes they yep. gave you. Yeah. Uh, Mitch was a good help. Um, had a really good close friends helping. But a lot more s- smaller of a scale as a privateer as I did this year, because like, I learned a lot from this year. Like, for instance, when we were, was a privateer in 2017, all I had was a pop-up tent and a sprinter. Like, super simple. 
and I learned that you got to have barricades <laughs> because there was like fans sitting on my bike while my dad's trying to work on it. And Andy's like losing his shit. He's like, dude, these, these guys need to get the fuck out here. Like, yeah. <laughs> and they're like twisting the throttle and they're like, my dad's like trying to work on they're, it. They're changing your free play. <laughs> like, oh man, I always wondered what it was like. Now I know. <laughs> like we had one 10 by 10 pop-up tent. There was about 12 people in it. But I was like, he's just such a stress case. Like I'm like, I don't know. It was it was pretty funny. So that was one thing oh, we learned: man. barricades. Yes. So, well, because uh, people don't know boundaries either. No. You give them an inch, they take a yard. Yeah. So, so, so um, my buddy Casey helped too, and just friends. So, anyways, um, I was battling with like Webb a lot, and um, I, I was like kind of in that tenth place area, and then Purcell was having a rough go that year on the Husky. He didn't make a couple mains or something, and something happened, and he was gone. So Bobby Hewitt called me, and I remember that day I showed up to the track with my bike in the back, and I didn't even bother unloading it. Cause I ha- and the thing that was so cool about that phone call, it was, I don't want, I want you for the full year. So I was like, it was like, Yeah, whoa. not stressing, it what was am I going to do best. next month? Yeah. Like, I was so happy. And how, how many rounds in was that when that happened? Four. Okay. Maybe five. So again, kind of West Coast, you hadn't gotten West Coast, into the... Exactly. Yeah. So... <clears throat> Sometimes I just, I, just from these experiences that I've went through in life, it's like, I just, I go with the mindset that it's going to work, everything's going to work out. Like, yeah. just believe in yeah. it. So that was like my privateer deal. They're like, well, it, dude, I'll get to that. But like, I could have been on the factory team before, this year I could have been on the factory team before the season, but I worked so hard on all my sponsors with, you know, I couldn't just bail on everybody. So yeah. anyways. And that's tough too, because you, you have to, do what's in your best interest. So you, you, you try and create this right. this avenue for yourself and then you get caught between a rock and a hard right. place because yeah. you've got mm-hmm. factory saying, can't help you, now we need your help. Yeah, so 2017 was a great year. I got eighth in Supercross, got like a, a fourth and a fifth, a uh, couple fifth places. So it was, it was pretty good. Mm. I was healthy, made every race. Then outdoors, I got two podiums and fourth in championship. And then I raced Des Nations and raced all these off-season races, so it was really, really good. So after that year, going into 2018, I was like fired up and really like, I was like, I had a lot different mindset where the year I went, you know, 17 when I was a privateer, I went in very gun-shy and nervous, like I just want to be at every race. And then the next year I was like, I want to like, you know. Yeah, win it. Yeah, and it definitely bit me because that crash at Anaheim one where I just mm. crashed so hard. <laughs> And, that, that was uh, a dirty crash. Yeah, that was too much mad skills, that one. Yeah. So You were fully backwheeling it, just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was doing it in practice so good, but I just didn't, yeah, made a bad mistake. So that was my shoulder injury. And um, so I tried to go the next weekend, and I couldn't race. And then I rode during the week that next weekend, raced Anaheim 2. So my shoulder, I can, like, to get my hand on the handlebar, I'd have to, like, lift it up. But I could, I could still ride. <laughs> And of course, that race was like sounds a, safe. Yeah, so <laughs> seems legit. <laughs> Did you put free candy no, like, on the side of your van as well? Putting my goggles on, I'd have to like tilt my head and just like uh. it was like my shoulder was so messed up. And then just to make things worse, in practice, I was doing a, a qualifying lap, and I came around a flat turn. And I had my leg out, and it was like my bad leg. And I came around the corner, and the front wheel washed out of the rut, and it went. Uh. And I was like, oh no! Like my shoulder is already screwed, and then my knee now. And, like, I just kept it quiet. I didn't even say anything. I told, like, my close, close people. I'm like, dude, I, th- I, think, I, I think I might have done my knee. Like, I could barely walk. So my shoulder, now my knee. 
So I limped through the season, started like getting, I got a second one race and like just top 10 pretty much every weekend, nothing special. And um, yeah, so I had a bum shoulder and a torn ACL. So finished Vegas, getting ready for outdoors and this is contract year for me, so I needed to make it happen. So I'm at Glen Helen Thursday after um, the, the week before the outdoor start, and I'm coming up on this this rider, and he's like trying to race me, like he's not moving out the way, and like so I, I'm get I get closer to him at this real fast section, and he jumps over and hit my front oh. wheel, and I put my leg out, and my my foot just punched the ground, and that was my good leg, and I'm like it went, and I'm right away track. I'm like. At this point, you don't have any good yeah. moving no. limbs, right? No. So at this point, I was you have like, one arm that's okay, right? Is it this one, the one that I don't you had think two so. surgeries on? Yeah, this one's good. His oh, good okay. limb is the one that had two surgeries yeah. on. Yeah, it's the only one moving, right? Because yeah. this one's wrecked, that's wrecked, and now you did. So you this sound, side? you sound like a standard motocross guy. Yeah. 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 So I was like, oh no, like, so yeah, devastated again. Steve, our team manager, was there. I was like, dude, I think I just blew my other knee out. <laughs> It My was good not knee is not so good. I, I hope you yeah. guys are enjoying this. <laughs> this is a mean crowd over <laughs> here. <laughs> That's what happens when the mountains are blue. Yeah. You know, rough crowd. Got to get rid of it. Rough so, crowd. <laughs> <laughs> everyone, so, everyone's just drunk. We're, we've been we've yeah, run out of beer twice. So. I'm just joking. My wife's had to go to the store for beer two times. <laughs> <laughs> Babe, are you Trooper. back? Yeah, I see uh, her. I see her back there. She's right. busy serving. We need more Stop beer. Stop interrupting her. <laughs> So anyways, I got eight, um, MRI done on the knee, sure enough, torn ACL, and then obviously my other one was torn. So, so it was torn? You did tear it? Yeah. yeah. So um, I got surgery on the one knee, and then the next week I got surgery on the other knee, so then I just two knees <laughs> like this all summer. <laughs> And um, it's not supposed to be funny. No, I've had three ACL reconstructions, I so I, I mean, you I only just, have two. I get it. How do you have three? I did the right one oh, okay. twice. Yeah, just yeah. So I had the all three legs, and I had you know the knee braces where you're not like <laughs> oh, oh okay. <laughs> I had the lengthening ligament. Uh, never mind. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, I had that leg straightening thing. You know the the brace where you couldn't bend it, and I just had the two legs oh. like this. You got pictures of that? That was a yeah. good pictures. Yeah. Terrible ones, but yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. So good. that was 2018. Scratched. Done yep. and dusted. Yep. And that, that, that's crazy to think that was not even that long ago either. That was, yeah. But that, that, that was, was a year ago to today, pretty much, or this time a year ago. Okay. Yep. So, yeah. And, and that was probably a part of what made KTM and Husky collectively say, we're done. We're going to have private ride days now, right? That they yep. just announced that. That and then Jason. Jason did. Well, then I was there when. That lady came off the hill that was really scared of Glen Helen. That oh, set up there for you. Did you see that? Yeah. You were there? You rang, You must have rang your bell. No. I was one of the first ones there. Were you? Mm. Uh, I'll put him the next weekend after that. I know. What you happened know why? there? Because he forgot about all his fucking problems. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot Good. how many injuries you had. Oh, yeah. That was. Well, what happened? I don't... Do I know this story? No, no, no. I was actually out there. Um, I got a couple of buddies from South Africa that are trying to do the nationals. So just working with them and. Um, Dina was out there. And it, Thursday you know, practice? Yeah, or yeah, yeah okay. Glen Helen. And they're going up Mount St. Helen. And I, I didn't see it in the beginning, but there was someone up there. But I guess there was some lady that had gone up. And that's the thing with Glen Helen. Like, they almost need to warn people, if you're going to go on the main track, like, if you don't really know how to ride, it's not the day to learn how to ride. But she sat up there apparently for like 
10 minutes mm-hmm. at the top. Trying to get the cu- courage because <laughs> it is a big drop off. I mean, it really is. And I didn't see the beginning. I, I literally saw the end out of the corner of my eye, but apparently she dropped down, but she was on the brake so hard and the top guys launch off. Oh. And Dina came off and she was underneath him and yeah. he landed, like clipped her. And I was looking at the corner of my eye, I saw some carnage and I saw bikes flipping. And I yeah. remember seeing Sam and them run. Yeah. And that's when I realized it was you. Yeah. You know yeah, who that was? was? Scary. No. Patricia Potato. Uh. <laughs> Different gal, but similar. So Told her about not going up the damn hill. <laughs> did you get hurt? Because Jack that? fell down and broke no, his just, crown. I felt like a train hit me, but I was okay. You tumbled a lot. Dude, your I bike was mangled. Yeah. There, there was a hole in the casing of the engine. So yeah. somehow, like, so, yeah. there was oil and, like, you, the bike I was looked doing really a, bad. I was doing a moto, and this girl was up there. She was like, like he said, scared to go down the hill. But I didn't know. I thought she her bike was broken or something. So you had seen her sitting so there. So you come at the corner, and then next lap she's gone. I'm like, oh, finally, like I can just launch down. And I launch down, and then all I see is there her. There she is. And I just like I try to avoid it, and then I clip like landed on her shoulder, like the top of the biggest hill, yeah. and just boom, 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 boom. I'm like, not again. Because he, he was it. He, you fell. It was close a couple years yards. before where you went down on that hill yeah. and tore. I put your a knee massive up, right? yeah. hole in my leg. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't a, when you hurt your knee. That was a separate. That was like yanked. a gash. Yeah. That, yep. so, but it was bad, huh? I heard. Yeah. 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 So. I remember your bike looked pretty rough. Yeah. You, look, you so, looked a little rough, but the bike looked You rough. and Christian Craig, not lucky out at Glen Helen. No. So, <laughs> I don't know. That was crazy. That was I've, like so not my fault. You didn't have run-ins over the years? At Glen Helen? I've had, I've had multiple issues there, too. I've got, I guess I've gotten lucky. I mean, I've had some, yeah. but. It, it's just a bad idea because there's mini bikes out there. Mm-hmm. There's just old so guys, many different levels of riders. <clears throat> yeah, and especially at this time, it's so busy. It's this time of year. It's mm-hmm. fine. It's not fine, but it's manageable. Yeah, except for right now. Right, getting you ready know, for the outdoors. These two months, this two yeah. month window, it's like there's all well, the tracks should be doing. Do something. a pro day, I guess, or a pro section of the day, like uh, ten to twelve or something. So well, at least it's something. Yeah, it's something. Better than nothing. But you know, like half the intermediate raiders go that day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's still okay, got it, bro. I can intermediates yeah, fast yeah. enough to, to yeah. not probably be yeah. dangerous. All right. So um, your dad's been a big part of your career. Um, is he, does he enjoy co- when you keep pulling him back in for these like privateer experiences? Or is he like, ah. Oh. No, he loves it. He I was going to say, yeah. if you know Andy, I would think he, that's what he lives for. Oh, yeah. He loves it. He's, he's just proper old school, you know, just like may not be the best mechanic. We'll get that baked together with some wood screws. But <laughs> the, like, the factory mechanics are like, dude, your dad's working on your bike. And I'm like, dude, it's fine. Like, <laughs> at, at the end of the day, it generally When was the last fine. time duct tape failed? Yeah. Like, seriously. Right? Yeah, <laughs> Gorilla tape. Yeah. It's that's, gotten better over the years. <laughs> That's hillbilly chrome. That's what Brock Seller used to tell us. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Like, I'll get to the track and my friends will be like checking over my leg. Like, I'm like, it's good. So, um, yeah, he enjoyed it. He, he really did enjoy it. It was a lot of stress, but this year I feel like it wasn't as bad. But, um, yeah. Yeah, it almost seemed like he was enjoying the moment more. Yeah, he was because I just wanted him like to be kind of like, I was calling him the crew chief. You know, just I didn't want him. He be. wasn't the mechanic. He wasn't. He just chilled set up he was like the truck driver. team manager yeah team manager yeah. truck driver you know yeah. Yeah. crew chief sounds better crew chief yeah sounds more official yeah so he enjoyed it 
He likes bullshitting with people. That's his. Yes. More with the fans. You know, I yeah. think he's got more of the fans than I did. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you don't know Andy, the next time you're at a race where he's there, you got to go up and just like. You know. <laughs> Half the people don't even understand him anyway. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's almost like you got to piece the sentence together. It's like yeah. code words. Yeah. Yeah, at, at, at Bones' wedding, he had a couple and he was. Yeah. Reminding me of how <laughs> overweight and useless I am these days, and I was like, <laughs> uh, "He'll put you in your place for sure, for sure." Thanks, Andy. <laughs> no one said he wasn't a dickhead. <laughs> That's probably why we get along. True, true. All right, hey, hold on, we got to give this gear away. Let's, oh, let's do this real quick. Who has a? This is this is basically got to be KTM gear, right? Who has a KTM here? Ooh, lots of KTM riders. Who is a thirty-two pant? <laughs> with a red alright we got we got quite the a few with huh? a red bull oh KTM he's got a red bull KTM there. hat yeah he looks like all right, a 32 alright you got you got the hat to go along with it come on up bud you, you just won yourself some gear sorry he's walking in front of the camera Donnie we go, it's alright congrats welcome yeah. congrats yeah. on the gear just send him an apology Thanks. about the camera <laughs> issue and you will be all good <laughs> um, I got you know what I got a couple more things let's get away I got two free Dunlop tires who wants some Dunlop tires uh, it's a set. Oh, man, two sets. That's everyone. Oh, everybody puts their hands up. All right, let's see. <laughs> Paul P. wants some. <laughs> We've got regulars. Regulars. Who? Who are you pointing at? Just tall hands. Well, how are you going to pick? You I was pick. trying to pick hey, for you. Pick. you. Rock, no, paper, oh. rock, paper, scissors. Um, oh, yeah. Yes. Dean Wilson here. That's yes. a good idea. I like that. All right, yep. Dean... You yeah. can hook hey, up. There we go. How about a whiskey throw? Literally, hey, Whoa. come in front of the camera real quick because we'll allow this. Do a little pirouette for us. There we go. Everybody that's a true, yeah. true fan <laughs> now, right there. Now pick somebody with a whiskey throttle shirt. Okay. Who's got oh, a whiskey throttle that. shirt? There we go. There's our man right there. Come do a little parade. Atta You're boy. just as gorgeous. Atta boy. You Sexy beast. You handsome bastard. Hey. Where? Someone get the man a comb. <laughs> get the man a comb. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Thank you. All right. What else we got? We got more stuff. We got more t-shirts. We got to pull a oh. raffle ticket, too. Oh, yeah. Do let's do, that? do it. Okay. Let's Here. get that going. Hold See on. how far you can throw that. Yeah! Oh. That was a snag. <laughs> All right. Um, what That's do we got? why I raffle never played tickets? football. Should we do the raffle? What is this for? Oh. <laughs> I think it's for the wheels, isn't it? Oh, it's for the wheels. Yeah. We're giving away a set of method wheels right now. Everybody have their raffle tickets still? I thought it was a private training day with Grant Langston oh. and David Pengree. If, 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 if you're Dean, lucky. Nobody wants that. <laughs> nobody wants that. How to trade with Dean Wilson. <laughs> All right, here we go. Hold, st stay there a private day with on. me usually means you'll end up in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> or go to... <laughs> with a liver poisoning uh -huh. or something. All right. If you got your tickets out, 618-601. Look at this guy. So pumped right now. So quick, too. Dude, you, hey! just, you just want a set of method race wheels. Hey. Oh, thank you. Um, do me a favor. Write your, uh, give me your info right here. Yeah, that's our official. That's a, his official form. <laughs> should he, should he put his or his mom's? We're not trying to uh, hook up with your mom. We just want your details, but throw a details on there just in case. You never know. Oh, man. <laughs> give me an email address. I'll contact you. And Maybe a cell. Not your mom. Just in case. <laughs> Dad's going to be waiting yeah. outside in the parking right. lot for you. It's All cool. Right. It's cool. Hey. We'll get you a set of wheels too, Dad. <laughs> Everybody's a winner here at the Whiskey Throttle Show. He just won bigger than most of you guys. Okay. 
Uh, I want to ask you how you got connected with Ignite. Because uh, this guy, this Dan Bazillionarian, whatever his name is. You got it. Bazillionarian. Yeah. You nailed it. <laughs> He's, what the hell, man? This guy's gnarly. Yeah. Because I, I, I punched onto his Instagram when you yeah. announced that, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's he's a bit of a character for sure. So how I got um, <laughs> how I got hooked up with Ignite was um, so I was at the Ozex Open in Australia, and this guy Eric that used to work for Monster was there, and I met him and talked whatever. So uh, before the season had started, like I knew I was a privateer, and I'm like, and I when I was a privateer in 2017 with the Yamaha, I actually got offered a CBD deal and I was real nervous and skeptical about it. And then I denied it and it was really good money. And then after that, I was like, dude, that was dumb. Like I, this time I don't care what, who's sponsoring yeah. me. I'm taking it. So, so Donnie's, I, Donnie's dildos. I can get you set up with him. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Pornhub, anything. Yeah. A producer just started that. Uh, Donnie's dildos. Yeah, Donnie just started that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's an upstart. We'll get you as a business card. Off okay. The show. Thanks guys. So, um, so yeah, before I was a privateer, uh, Eric messaged me on Instagram, and he was like, hey, I'm working with Ignite now, um, would really love to have you part of the program. So I was like, okay, so we ex- you know, exchanged emails, whatever, and then you know, just threw a big number out there, and he took it. So I was like, sweet, and um, you know, he was like, well, why don't we have a meeting at Dan's house then, and um, you know, we'll talk to Dan. So I was like, oh shit, we're, like, we're going to Dan Blazern's house. Did you, know, you knew who he was? Yeah, of course. Okay. So... You know, I pull up to his house. It's like huge mansion, like yeah. massive. He's got a security guard out front in front of the gates, and you sign in this iPad, sign a uh, what's it NDA, yeah, non-disclosure agreement. So what happens there stays there, type of thing. So the gates open, go in there. You're not allowed cell phones, nothing. So I go up, have a big meeting with Dan and all them, and was just... was it just you guys, or was there like I just pictured uh, there was like 15 no, girls in no, bikinis. he was just chilling up there. Right. It's not okay. Always the shooting like just that. ended. Calm down. Calm yeah, <laughs> so, nah, it's. I mean, it's like that a lot of the time, but not when I was there. So, so yeah, I was just like, um, you know, I'm I, I'm in need for the support, and I think, and I do use CBD. It's like I, I do use it every day. Um, so I, I am like an advocate, and yeah, it just worked out good. So he was a cool guy. Um, yeah, I mean, is he pretty cool? Like, yeah, he's just a normal dude. You know, yeah. just. I don't know. He just has, has a, a lot of money yeah. and loves checks. So. Did he tell yeah, you about his, his brother? His brother relinquished his U.S. citizenship. You ever, you ever say anything about that? Uh-uh. No, yeah. It's kind of a weird deal. What? I've never heard his of it. His brother relinquished his U.S. citizenship and moved Cause, abroad. Because what? Where is he from or whatever? They're from here. Huh. And yeah. he just didn't want to be a U.S. citizen anymore. Huh. And he was like, I'm out. Yeah. So. Oh, thanks for the stats there. All right. I didn't know that. Interesting. <laughs> There you go. You learned <laughs> Must something. Must have been a really today, confused everybody. bastard. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, you know. So maybe he's in Jamaica, man. You know, having a good time. <laughs> uh, the vodka's sinking in, everybody. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, man. Where would you go if you leave America? Like seriously, Scotland. What's that? True. Glasgow. That's where I would move. <laughs> All right. So, so you have like this. You have a pretty interesting way of meeting different people. Like your your buddies with Marshawn Lynch. How yeah. does that happen? That's actually another funny story. So, <laughs> like I said, we're having the best time being a privateer. We're just, like, enjoying it. I'm a huge fan of Beast Mode. So, I'm like, I follow Beast Mode on Instagram. I land in Oakland. And, like, Beast Mode's the type of person that, like, when you're, 
where, like he he's just hood. Like he he hangs where he's from, right? So I look at his Instagram and he's on a moped <laughs> doing a sp- <laughs> an Instagram story, and he's like in the hood in Oakland. And I was like, so I went to the Beast Mode store because I wanted to wear his jersey for open ceremonies. And we got talking to the guy, and then um, he's like, dude, you guys should go to his restaurant. He's going to be there. I was like, what? I'll go. So we go in there and. Like we're like the only white people in there, and it's all like <laughs> fried chicken and stuff. And, uh, so um, the night guy hooked me up with uh, his agent, and we're in like this group text. And I was like, "Hey, I'm coming to your restaurant." Blah blah blah. Um, not stalking you or nothing, you know. <laughs> so he he comes rolling up and on well, his scooter. No, he oh. he. Uh, it's actually kind of funny because there was like when we walked in, like it was me, my girlfriend, and my friend, and. There was like probably six people that looked like Beast Mode and were like little schoolgirls. Like, oh, I think that's Beast Mode. Oh, that, I think that's him over there. And then like it wasn't him. So, anyways, eventually he comes and he comes to our table and he just sits down, have a BS. And I was like, oh, you know, it'd be cool if he came to the race tomorrow. But he had a signing he had to do. So I met him there. Uh, you know, I just kept in contact with him. Um, and then he messages me and he's like, hey, I'm in Seattle. I was actually writing at Milestone and he called me. He Instagram messaged me. He texted me. <laughs> I was just like, dude, why is like beast mode? Is like when he calls beast mode pops up. I, I do feel well. He cool, did but, go in beast mode. He was right. beast mode to find out how to meet up with you. Yeah. So so he was in Seattle and he knew the Supercross was there. So so uh, we met up at Seattle again and then uh, we're just BSing and and uh, he showed up right when I got fastest qualifier. So I was like a good time. So so. Uh, yeah, he just hung out all day and introduced him to everyone on the team, hung out in the semi, like, to the night show, and he was, he was just funny. He's real funny. We were just like, I was like, so, so like, do you have a bike? He's like, he's like, yeah, I've got a 450. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, where do you rate at? He's like, right on the streets. <laughs> I was like, oh, let me see a video. And he shows me a video, and he's like, I was like, no helmet? He's like, what's that? <laughs> so, yeah, he's one of he just rides with the boys on the street. So, funny story, um... I got on my, I sold them a Husqvarna and got them all decked out and like gear and everything. So oh, nice. I'm going, I'm going to take them to the track here one of these days. So That's great, it's man. pretty cool though. Really cool dude. And yeah, just normal, nice guy. One of my favorite interviews I've ever seen of a football player when they ask him. The press conference. I don't know where it was. He's like, I just figured out if you just run through a mother oh, yeah, face, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Over, over and over, over and over. Dude, that little clip. Yeah. I, it is my favorite clip yeah. of any football player ever. No, nah, he's Cool they just guy. ain't gonna want that. <laughs> yeah. So he's, he's retired now too. He retired. So. Oh, did he? Yep. It's a tough position to to just play. I mean, just I feel like five years just whacking people. That's that. That's a it's gonna, long. It's a lot of whacking. Yeah. Yeah. Grant, you know, whacking people. <laughs> I don't do a lot of whacking, <laughs> but uh, I did when I was a young teenager, but uh, not these days. Yeah. Well, sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Little less. <laughs> We're getting there, folks. We're headed to that that Twitch zone. <laughs> no, we're not. I gave it about thirty more minutes. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Serious question. Okay, I'll try. Your accent. Yeah, you try. Mm-hmm. I remember when you first came here as an amateur. I saw some clips and whatever of you, and you didn't have an accent. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you move up to the pro class. And your groundskeeper Willie from the Simpsons. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Were you like well, it hiding it? Way you cooler like, anyways, so I, I just thought I love running it. it. No, I'm just kidding. So, so when I moved to Canada from Scotland, right? I went to school and oh, I, look here you are. 
Hey, st- back it up. Listen, this They're is actually fast. Andy, I think. Listen, Brothers I, yeah, and it's your sisters dad. are natural enemies, like Englishmen and Scots, or Welshmen and Scots, or Japanese and Scots, or Scots and other Scots. Jab Scots. Everyone <laughs> Scotland. You Scots sure are a contentious people. You just made an enemy for life. <laughs> that sounds like Andy. That's Andy, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> Minus the beard. Yeah. Were, were you like no, so, kind of downplaying it because you thought no? So so when I moved from Scotland to Canada and I went to school, I had a like real thick proper Scottish accent, right? Like I lived there for like nine years. Yeah. So kids would just kind of pick at me and like, oh, say that, say luggage, say pencil, and just like <laughs> I just got just I didn't like that. So I just started speaking Canadian, and they stopped asking. But then when I would go home from school, I would just talk normal like this to my parents, right? So then I just kept the Canadian thing going, and then. And then after a while, I was, like, I was like, screw it. Like, I just want to be myself. And so when I just talk normal, like, as this is normal, people are like, oh, you're, th- you're faking an accent. And it's not. It's just I put on the Canadian accent because it, people understood me better. It's like when I go to dinner with my dad, it's like he orders something and they're like, <laughs> he's, they ordered, have to go over he's ordered three a or chicken four times. pie and they're ordering a steak. Like, yeah, it's yeah. just like so hard to watch. I'm what like, he said. Like, I love eating a chicken pie. And they're like, <laughs> okay, so uh, some, some uh, calamari. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's so painful to watch. So, you know, it's, it, it's obviously like not fake. My mom and dad are like through yeah. bread, you know, from Scotland. But um, it's funny, even like when I go back to Scotland, I go back every year and they're like, oh, you're so American now. So it's pretty Yeah, yeah. I get that. Well, it's funny, I mean, to hear different guys like, I remember Brett Metcalf mm-hmm. when he first came over, full Aussie, yeah. and then he moved to Florida or wherever for a while, and it just disappeared. Yeah. Michael Byrne, same thing. Yeah. You'd have never, mm-hmm. never guessed they were Australian. Even GL's losses. Oh, yeah, GL's yeah, full, but, 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 when I, but when I came here, I'd see people be like, hi, I'm Grant, and they're like, Lance, <laughs> Frank, George, Peter, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually, I'm like, Grant, Gr- Grant, <laughs> and they couldn't get it, and I'm like, Grant. Oh, Grant. Hey, man. Welcome to America. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, I'm Grant. And, you know, yeah. so no, okay, problems That's like out. the same thing for me, I feel like. But, like, look at, look at DeCoster. Grant gets you nowhere. This is the thing that gets me, though. DeCoster. He's been here since 81. Exactly got the heaviest Belgian accent you can uh, imagine. That's like my dad, too, though. My dad's, yeah. my dad's been away from Scotland for a long time, and it's just, I mean, that's one of the thickest accents. So getting rid of that, like. Well, the Scottish accent is yeah, thick to yeah. begin with. It's like the Irish a little bit. But yeah. I, th- I also believe the older you are when you leave... It's tougher to shake it. Yeah. You're right. set in your ways. The younger you are, the easier it is yeah. to lose. Yeah. My well, sister came here early and she had the same thing. Everyone else go, where are you from? You sound funny, do <laughs> So she tried to sound American. Oh, really? Yeah. And now if you listen to her, she literally sounds like she was born and No, raised. she does, yeah. Huh. Yeah, most Americans, like, we like... The, it's, like, you know... Girls love it. I'm sure you guys, I'm sure you never used that to your advantage, Grant. Like, uh, no. poured on the heavy, you know, <laughs> Saffir accent. Dean, your sister, your sister doesn't have as thick accent either. Yeah, she does. She does? Yeah. It's Dude, you sound thing. a little stalkish right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my bu- uh, yeah, Creed. I'm, I'm, I'm buddies with Matt. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, when she talks to us, it's, it's pretty thick, but she doesn't, it's the same, she does the same thing that I do, and the same as my good friend that I grew up with. He lives in San Diego. When he's doing business calls, he's like... He's like, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, he's oh, like, good, man. Hey, what's up, dude? <laughs> yeah. uh, sounds super rad. Yeah. And then it's like, he's like, you're 18. What are you doing, pal? <laughs> you know what I mean? So he just like goes from both. So you both. can fully just turn yeah. it off. Yeah. I get all my slang back if I go to South Africa. It's mm-hmm. like brew and butt and uh, cheers and lacquer and all that. Lacquer. Lacquer brew. Yeah. He knows it. 
Say something in American. Say, American. Uh, say I, I can be Troy Lee. Do it. Yeah, man, we got some super rad helmets that we're painting up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's legit. All right. Um, you got, so you've got this super like fun, friendly, outgoing personality, and it's, that's translated into a lot of fans for you. I mean, right. um, from your, your gear, like same guys that do all our merchandise did yours. Okay. Uh, Temecula t-shirt printers. Yep. And, um, you, I mean, you were selling a shit ton of stuff, you know, when it was, you were privateering it. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's like, is that something you work on? Is that just you naturally? Um, I think just the position I was in was a good position, like, but I think <laughs> Ralph Shaheen, like I told him, like, yeah, I've got merchandise going and like, you know, it helps a bit with racing and stuff. Like, that's how I said it to him on track walk. He goes oh, and, and on, he- hey, on live broadcast. He's selling t-shirts to get to the races. Hey, I, I have, hey, but it, that's I have a the word. app on my phone. My phone's just going ding, 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 ding. I'm like, all right. I mean, that's fine. So Thanks, Ralph. <laughs> just so you guys know, I, I'm feeding my daughters with the money we raised yeah. selling uh, whiskey throttle shirts. It's, uh, I mean, my kids didn't even have shoes until yeah. Adidas came along. Yeah. Like, yeah. we were that bad. <laughs> so Whiskeythrottlemerch.com. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the... I don't know. I appreciate everybody that uh, supports it, though. It's awesome, and, and it, it does help a lot. And but not even just that. Just people support you in yeah. general just because yeah. you, you, you're friendly, you're funny, you, you have some personality. And, like, we've talked about this a little bit on the show before. It's like, man, we, we, the sport needs more of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Guys yeah. are so robotic, and it's become such a business. Yeah, I don't know. I think I just like to be myself. I like to have fun, keep it loose. Like I obviously have a very serious side when I'm training, I'm writing. I'm, that's that's all serious. But same time, when I have that fun, um, outgoing personality, I feel like it does bite me some ways. When I go to talk to like a team manager and he looks at me like, oh, like you just look like you're having too much fun. When it's like, yeah, like that's kind of how I roll. Like that's what makes makes me tick that's what makes I, me go fast like i work i feel like i relate to that a lot right and that I, was me i just well. like i put in the time though like you can ask bones like i always like just I, I i never have a problem with putting in the work yeah but i like to enjoy myself be happy i, I don't want to be measurable so but but and that's what we see a lot of i mean yeah i, I don't want to lump them all into alden baker's camp but those guys that go down there yeah it's almost like they don't have any fun it's just work 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 from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed and yeah. then those guys are they're miserable. Look at RV. Even Ricky when he was there, Stu when he was there was talking about that on the last his last little video he dropped. Right. And it's like it doesn't you, work for everyone. It does. That's it definitely does. Yeah. And I think you had mentioned it once before, and, and and if I can relate a little bit is I was also kind of that guy that was known to have fun. So sometimes people didn't take that as like you worked hard. And mm-hmm. Like no, no, I worked hard. Trust me. Mm-hmm. And I get that. And and I remember you mentioned before, and you even said, and and not trying to bring up old stories, but you even said like for you with working with like Roger DaCosta, you guys didn't often see eye to eye. And I, I can totally see that. Roger was like, he wanted, he almost wants, I think, guys to look like they're literally consumed with racing and that's it. And if you, yeah. if you well, look I like think, you have a fun time or a social life, Ryan it could be taken the wrong way a little like bit. like would ruin that for me because he was so dominant and him and Roger were like the same type of people, you mm-hmm. know? So when I came about, I was like, you know, a bit. Crack a joke, uh, yeah. have a good time. And it was, it was very serious, which is totally fine. But, um, you know, I don't know. It's just... But some of that, like... Different strokes for different folks. Yeah. Some of that, how you, you know, you like to just kind of keep it light and fun in the pits. Yeah. It takes, it kind of takes your mind off of the stress right. of what's well, happening to you. Well, I just think, you. like, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I do stress with like stress and anxiety. Like I just sometimes stress out so hard on stuff that I don't need to. And like that's what I was working on this whole season was that I could always be so fast in qualifying, be good in my heat race, then in the main event. My anxiety was so bad. So I, um, I actually had Jason Anderson's mechanic this year, and he was really awesome. Like we, Every race, we were just trying to come up with a solution to help me. And I went way back to my PC days. I wouldn't, because when you're sitting on the starting line for a main event, you're literally sitting there for like 15, 20 minutes, and you're just looking there. You're sitting there, and, and then I just start thinking of every turn. I'm like, yeah. oh, what if that rut's choppy? I'm just like overthinking. My brain's just constantly loading. So what we did, like, I would just um, show up really late. I, I would, he would take my bike, I'd pick a gate, and then I would just like listen to music and just like go way in the back. And then mm. literally when the bike started up, I would come to the start line, put my helmet on, and then I'd go. You know, because I think just when I would sit there, I would just overthink, and mm. I, I tend to overthink. So the anxiety would just build yeah, and build and yeah, build. Yeah, and it, it would ruin, ruin me. So um, it was just trying to find a solution for that, that that was important. Do you know what I thought was interesting, kind of in that same realm, is did you watch the second Stuart, uh, James Stewart? I video? only watched the first. <clears throat> the second one's really interesting. He talks about how um, he, he hated racing. Like, he would be so stressed out about, like, he had to win that it's like, sitting on the line he's like i hate this i mean he was miserable mm -hmm. it's it kind of sad mm -hmm. and i think it was just exactly that like the anxiety and the stress was yeah. just building he's like and, and he had so much pressure to win it was like mm -hmm. a second was a total failure to him right it's yeah. like what happened um but it's like i think a lot of people deal with that 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 stress yeah. sitting there you, like you said well a lot of you're waiting for that 250 main to finish and you're just like oh. yeah a lot of riders <laughs> are are that sort of um like you said add high strung so when you bring him in a high-pressure situation and go, okay, just chill. Yeah, just sit here for 15 minutes. <laughs> and think about all the things that could happen. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's the worst-case scenario yeah. for any one of us. So, yeah. I mean, I get that. Just, just like, eliminate that. When you're that. sitting in the stands, like, I wish the fans could get the feeling of <sighs> sitting on the start line. Like, when you're sitting, it's just, it's so intense when you're sitting on the start line. Like, all the mechanics and the writers, like, Everyone's dead serious. No one's talking. It's it's like it's like the start line is just silence, you know. And then all of a sudden they do this, yeah. And the bikes come up, and the guys like, yeah, uh, like, you got yeah, this, yeah. and it's it just so gets intense. intense. Like it's loud. Yeah, it's it's it's. I think it's something probably that you don't appreciate when you have it, and then when it's gone, you're like, damn, I missed that feeling. But or no, is that no, no, it is? It might be for different people. Truly, I'm, I'm thinking about it. Uh, to me, I'm just like. That was stressful times. Yeah, it's stressful. I'm hey. glad I did it, but I'm glad it's in the past. Too. Is that more stressful than actually being on the track? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, hell, once hell the yeah. gate drops, like you're not thinking about you're just you're in your zone and you're worried about you and your surroundings. And how right fast there. does that go away? I mean, immediately when you're in to the me, first it was literally like the five second board. It was gone. There was butterflies everywhere, and the gate would drop, and it was just like literally hitting a reset button. Yeah, yeah. But those ten to fifteen minutes, it was just like. I wonder if killing you, you inside. I wonder if you took down like an iPad or something, just watch TV or something, you know, just yeah. something to totally Some take Some family guy. <laughs> something, something <laughs> stupid, you know, like. Yeah. Or The know. Simpsons. Watch The Simpsons. We could watch Dean Wilson while we get lined up <laughs> to race against Dean Wilson. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you that the only feeling, because I, I, I kind of miss that. It's as, as like sickening as it was and stressful. It also makes you know, feel alive. Makes you feel alive. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. something to it. And the only thing I've ever found that, that replicates it at all is when I get a fire at the fire station. When you get a call for a structure fire and you're freaking, everyone's running to the engine, you're throwing gear on and lights and sirens. I mean, dude, 
You want to talk yeah. about adrenaline? Yeah, yeah. It's gnarly. It's the only thing I've ever seen that can duplicate it. Yeah, and it's just the fact that you it could go so wrong in the race. Like, it's what it's what's scary. You could leave on a stretch, or you could win the race, or you could you know. There's so much yeah. that can. The outcome has such a oh, it's variance. Gnarly. Yeah, so. Or it could just be a fifth place mediocre exactly. ride, and we, no one gives a fuck on Monday. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I like I, I rode pretty good, but no yeah. one cares about fifth. Right, hey, from fifth? or six, at least fifth, they say top five. Yeah. But when you get sixth, you're like the best guy that no one yeah. remembers. Yeah, six oh, to fifteenth. I got <laughs> six. Uh, I've had plenty myself. It's true though. Six to fifteenth, no one even knows. Mm. You might as well just. Like, Have you raced? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you get twentieth, I like, was in the oh. stands, but I didn't <laughs> notice you out there. Yeah, six is already ma- automatically a top ten. Oh, you got top ten. Yeah. Yeah, you're like I was really close to the podium. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you this: If it was up to you, if you had control of it, what would you do to make racing safer? We, we every year it's like a million injuries and safer. What would you do? Um. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to say. I think um, the, the the bikes, like, they're so good and fast now. It'd be almost kind of cool if they slowed the bikes down and they we didn't go at as fast of a pace, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. I think... That's if, something that we've they said. Do, so. If, like, the bikes were slower, you know, so is that... It just wasn't, like... Because on our 450s, like, we, we're jumping quads and... It's ridiculous. We're, we're jumping yeah. the biggest rhythms and sketchy stuff now, so... We've talked about like, okay, how do you, you got to slow it down. I mean, they, they've the tried to go to like. stadiums aren't getting bigger. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I keep saying. When you look over the years, the same, they're covering the same amount of ground about 20% quicker than they were in 2000, mm-hmm. even, or late 90s. They were over a minute. Now they're 48 seconds. Yeah. yeah. It's a big well, deal. Well, I think they've taken and like mellowed things yeah, out a little bit have. to make it, oh, well, that'll be safer. But now you're just going faster. Fast through them. It's I like think the whoops. You know, you're jumping through them at the end of the night where the best with Seattle, those big long whoops section was right awesome. Right out of the corner. Yeah. yeah. And it was long. And guys crashed like uh, Josh Grant. Technical, like a handful of guys people crashed. didn't get hurt. That's it. Because they were out of a turn. You weren't mm-hmm. doing a million miles an no. hour. Where guys get hurt is where you come off a triple, grab like fourth or fifth, yeah. and you're going yeah. 60 yeah. miles an hour. And remember on like back in the day in two strokes, you'd be running out of speed at the end, you know? So. Yeah, now you're not. Mm-mm. Once you get on top, you're good. But yeah. if you get a yeah. little out of control, then mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I don't know if we're ever going to see bikes go slower. I mean, that's just... I don't see it happening. <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> what would you do to the tracks? Or, or I mean, what else could we do aside from that? Is there anything that you can think of that Spelled you can like... whoops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I just love whoops. It's <laughs> my favorite. It's just... They, there's only been, Damn tall guys. Yeah, there's only legs. been like three sets, like proper whoops all year. The rest are just jumpers and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I just think that slows the track down. Um, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. You know, rhythm sections, it, it is, you know, if it was more up and down and not so forward. Mm-hmm. But then if you case, you know, it's, I, I don't know. It, I, really, I, I would at least like them to try that. If you go back and look, late 90s, early 2000s, things were much peakier, peakier. which seems sketchier. You think... It's counterintuitive, but it slows the foot forward but here's momentum. The thing. Back then, the guys got injured a lot of times because two strokes had a bog Bogged. or something. So they went away from that, and now the bikes have got to their point where now it's like we've done this. Yeah. And they need to... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One more drink, and that's what your eyes are going to do. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Looking London, hitting Tokyo. <laughs> uh, what, uh, what else? Is there anything else you'd change about the sport? If you could, if Dean Wilson had a magic wand. Um, 
More factory rides. Bigger bonuses. Yeah. Well, got to be realistic. I mean, keep it 90s. <laughs> uh, yeah. Keep it casual. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's Supercross only. <laughs> I like outdoors, but it's... Dude, it's 20, 29, 29 races a year. You know, you think of... My, my training program is I, I race... It's actually 30. Yeah. Monster Cup. Designations. You know, off-season races. Yeah. So... It's just, it's hey, not get cocky. No one's even picked you yet, bro. No one says you got a donation. Pump your <laughs> sure, brakes. Sure. He's got three countries <laughs> yeah, that can just, pull yeah. sure. he's, he's, going. So, he's like playing. He's like, all right, here's my passports. <laughs> Let's see. Bring me your deals. Yeah. I just think other sports like football and all that, like they have such a good off season. And we never, we don't have a good off season. Like, there isn't yeah. one. No, there really isn't. It's, Every year rolls into the next it'd year. It'd be nice to have like a good two months where we don't have to do anything. I wonder if Dean, when they're, when they're picking Destination's teams, does he call Roger and he talks in an American accent? Hey, Roger, you know what's up, man? Like, I totally want to be on the team. <laughs> and then he calls Canada. Hey. Nah, he'd be like, hey, don't my- you know I'm available? <laughs> yeah, I could ride for you. <laughs> and then he calls, you know, the UK team. team. TV. Yeah. yeah. Oh, bring old Billy Mac- McKenzie back Billy out. Billy Mac. That's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what kind of mucker are you? <laughs> <laughs> I got a whole bag of butterscotch candy. <laughs> Uh, hey, this is a funny story. <laughs> the other day I'm in my garage and I got a, a Husky 252 stroke and a Husky street bike that I own. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, sorry. I'm not, I'm not done oh, yet. Okay. And my mailman cruises up and he drops something off and he stops and he's like, oh, yeah, Husqvarna, ah, cool, cool, man. He's like, yeah, my, uh, my daughter's boyfriend races a Husqvarna. And I'm like, oh, yeah, cool, man. Uh-huh. He goes, uh, yeah, yeah, he's a, he races pro, and I'm like, mm, yeah, I'm sure he does. You know, you know, you always hear those stories. Yeah. Everybody, everybody yeah. has a everyone knows someone. Over. And I'm like, cool, cool. What's his name? He goes, oh, it's Dean Wilson. I'm like, oh, oh, your daughter's Sarah. Yeah, and, he's a, and I it caught him <laughs> off guard, man. <laughs> That's so you, funny. Your girlfriend's dad is my mailman. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was cool, man. We sat and chatted for a while, and you guys been together a minute. Yeah, we've been together for quite a while now. Yeah, so. Getting a bit of pressure. Yeah? Yeah. Getting a bit of pressure. So. It's She's good, though. She looks after me. She's been there. The good times and the bad times. So, yeah. She's it's a good, good girl. Yep. She's good. Looks after me. So. Does a lot. So. Get a. Wait. I'm, hold on. I'm trying to like. Multi-year factory deal. Then we can talk about that. Okay? <laughs> Let's just pump up right, right, right. I won't put any more pressure on you. Yeah, I, I did enough. tell him I'd keep an eye on you, though. Oh, okay. I mean, he's delivering my mail, damn it. So. All right. All right. Hey, on that, I never, ever tell anybody I knew anybody that was fast, so there you go. Yeah? Yeah. How'd that work out? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> All right. I don't know where you're headed with that. <laughs> you too. <clears throat> no, we're not fast. It's, uh, <laughs> at least you were honest. Um, what would, so, like, if you could plan it out perfectly, what's the next few years look like for you? I think the next few years, um, 27 now, so 28, 29. So try and do like another, it's harder to even, it's hard to even plan stuff out, honestly, like the way the sport is. But if I could just get another three years, four years, like full years, Supercross and Motocross, maybe do, I think the way Justin Brayton's got his program is pretty sweet. Supercross only, off-season races, a couple months off, like he does Supercross, he's in the Hawaii racing right now, you know, it's like a holiday as well. Dude, he does the Australian Supercross series, mm-hmm. our Supercross series, yeah. and then five, six, seven. Yeah, and he, dude, and he, he is like, making good money. So 
I think that's a great program, but I feel like a lot of people are going to start switching to that program soon. So um, I think that would be in my 30s, you know. Mm. So Those are tough deals to get, huh? Like you kind of got to find the right team. He's found a good spot for that because yeah. they don't race the Nationals. Yeah. So it's yeah. like Yeah, it's I mean, Moto Concepts is Supercross only. It seems like a good team. Uh, yeah, he's got the Honda deal in Honda Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then... So. I actually rode, uh, I was at Milestone today testing a bike, and Chris Kiefer was there, and I rode his race bike. Right. Dude, it's good. <laughs> it is really Who's good. Who's race bike? Kiefer's. He's racing for Moto Concepts okay. for the first two races. Oh, so a Moto Concepts bike. Yeah. Right. So, anyway, if you're wondering yeah. how those bikes are, I'm telling you, they're really damn good. I mean, Husky's are better, I'm sure. But, uh, anyway. Um, what do you want to achieve before you retire? What's kind of the biggest goal for you? Um, before I retire... To be honest, like some goals kind of seemed to have reached like a couple years back while I was injured and stuff, but I felt like this year really like brought me back to where like it started to make me believe more that I could do them. You know, I, I felt like this year I was like really getting closer to being up front and getting a win. Like I feel like a main event win is my yeah. next step because when I was racing at Houston, you know, I was like I qualified fastest, um, three main events, and, and I went uh, three, two, and then I got five, fifth, the third one, but I came from behind that one. So, like, I just feel like my speed was there. So, I think that the next step would be a win. And, of course, I would love to win a championship. I feel like there's a lot of – I battled with Cooper Webb a lot this year. But he just had a phenomenal season and rode well. But I – it's like it showed me that, like, I'm battling with a, it's guy, not a championship a, it's guy. It's not unreasonable to think that exactly. you could be that guy. Yeah, I yeah. really do. I agree. And I just need to put it all together. What, so. What's the difference? Um, I mean, consistency. I feel like Cooper, and I feel like Cooper's a very good racer. When, when, because if you look at Co- all Cooper's qualifying times, like he was tenth, eighth, tenth. He's a, much. He's a gamer. He's a yeah. gamer. When it came to race time, he whole shotted his heat, whole shotted the main, and led laps. And see when you, see when you're the difference between first and third off the start from third to twelfth. It's hectic back there because you're doubling triples. You're like, you lose so much time already when you're already starting up front. You're getting away from everybody. And obviously, I think his whole program is really good. And he just was awesome this year. But there was a lot of races I was the same as him. and um, But he was just there every weekend. And I wasn't. And so what, what, how do you get that? I think uh, I got to get whole shots for one. Hmm. Um, I feel like I'm pretty good the first 15. But that last five sometimes always gets me. Not physically, but sometimes my arms will get tight or like... You know, and so that's all. It's a mental yeah, barrier. It as really well. is, and it, I feel like you start off good and you you keep getting those results. Like I feel like anything Cooper did, after, like it just worked out for him. Like you know, it's just he was when so it's confident. Your year, it's your year. You seen him like land yeah. on the hay bales with uh, Tomac, and he just whoa, and, and then, then makes a pass. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Detroit was a real funny one because the first two races I battled with him, and I sucked the third race, and he. His, his scores ended up being a second overall. You know, everything just... Yeah, like, it worked. It was, yeah, he rode awesome. And, but I just don't think it's out, out of reach for me to be there either. So. No, I think there's a lot of people that would agree with you on that yeah. one. Well, I think a lot of it could come down to... Yeah, let's hear it. I think pretty much everyone in here agrees with that. <laughs> so do you think a good off-season, if you can stay with this team again and just have like a good yeah. run-up to it? Yeah, no, I think so. I think... Um, yeah, I learned a lot this year, and it just, like I said, it brought that belief back. Like, I went from beginning of the season, I didn't know what to expect. It was pretty close to winning Anaheim 1, 
And uh, I was still consistent, you know, top 10, top 5, top 5, top 10. Uh, but to be up there, you got to start right yeah. up front. Yeah. And sometimes... Too competitive. It, not there's to, so many fast yeah. guys. Mm-hmm. Like, there's... That's what really helped Cooper this year. If you look at it, he... Even on the days when he was not fast, yeah. he got the whole shot. Yeah. And went from first to third or something. Yeah, but so his worst there was day, even races when he was maybe the pace for a sixth or seventh, he got a podium. Right. So he literally made the most yeah. of every situation. Yeah, and that situation. was his bad days and his good days. He would, he, that he one won, where yeah. he passed Kenny, he came from behind and he was just, he was on the move there. He yeah. passed him on the finish line. So he was the man this year. So Did you spend any time at Baker's Factory? I spent like a... I definitely a f- full year in 2017 because I trained with Tyler Rattray for a good three years. And, um, you know, I, I trained with Tyler because he just trained with Alden and I wanted to be like, try that program. And it was really good. I learned a lot from it. And um, we did pretty much the same program. So Alden's guys would go out and do their motos and then they would come in and then we would go do our motos. So it was a very similar program. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful facility they yeah. have out there. It's insane. It's I rode nice. just not the main track, but whatever that side track the, is. That, that's the Troy Lee track. Dude, it makes you feel like an idiot. I mean, it's just, it's sandy and ruts and like, yeah, it's you're just tough. making mistakes everywhere. Mm-hmm. It was really tough. The thing that's funny, I remember in 2017 was like, uh, Jason, Marv, and Zach would be doing their, I feel like I was missing someone. Who else was there? Someone. Someone, they'd be doing their motos and like Tyler would be lap timing them. And then I would go out and do mine and I'd be like three seconds a lap off. And at first I was really stressing it, but like those guys were like, they were racing like, that's what makes the Baker program is they're racing like it's the, like the main event, you know, it's so intense. So, but then on the weekends, like I would be right there. It was just so weird. Like I didn't really have it during the week, but then on the weekend, like I was pretty close. So. But I think that's what the so good about the Baker's Factory is just they're just every day they're just racing and it gets them comfortable with that being that, that close intensity, and that yeah. intensity. Yeah, because when you go practice by yourself, um, you're only going to push so hard, right? You know, and yeah, sometimes I feel like I don't push that hard because I want to stay safe. You know, the, and those guys are race riding it's a double-edged hard. sword. Right, you push hard, you're worried about injuries, mm-hmm. and then you but, get injured, you don't push. Yeah, those guys, they just get pushed and. And um, become really mentally tough, mm. you know, because you have, I see all of them have bad days, good days, just, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's, boot, it's like boot camp all the time. Yeah. Um, have you given any thought to what you might do after racing? No, I haven't really. It's something that's kind of scary because, you know, that time's coming and I honestly, I don't really care what I do, but I just want to be happy after racing. I feel like a lot of people when they're done racing, they get depressed and because they don't, they're not the guy they once was. And it's a, there, I just see it a lot and it's like a difficult path. And I just want to be happy more than anything and do something I enjoy doing and yeah, probably have a family or whatever. So, do you see that in being in the industry or you think you want to go do something different? I have no idea. No idea. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's a hard I mean, question. I mean, the industry's man. all I know, yeah. you know, like I was going to say, do, do you have hobbies? Do you have anything that you really enjoy that has nothing to do with racing? Not really. <laughs> Sounds like you're gonna be a team I like, manager. <laughs> I, like, I, like to, I like to send memes. I like to send okay. memes. Yeah. Where's mine? I'll, I'll send a meme. Uh, I'll be a meme maker. Not a mean meme maker. Just just memes. Yeah. To me. Nice memes. Yeah. Yeah. Like funny ones. I want to. That's laugh. all I do. Is send I don't memes. want to stress out. Me and the boys, <laughs> we just send memes all day. That's it. Yeah. 
I don't know if you can make a living doing that. No, I know. I know. Hey, win a couple if championships could, the next he'll few He'll figure years. it out. Yeah. He'll be there the first some, guy to get paid for me. There's some stuff out there that like is making so much money that's like, oh, why didn't I think of that? You know, it's like simple stuff. There's some guys. Uber Eats, you know. Well, what about like, like telling your kids, you'll never make money being a video gamer. My kids are like, yep, look at this guy, Ninja. Yep. And I'm like, yep. Yeah. Now what do I say? Now what do I pull out of the barrel? The thing that's tripping me out is guys that are just making a living making videos, like little clips. Uh, No disrespect to him, but Axel Mm -hmm. doesn't have to race, doesn't do really contests. He makes videos, Mm -hmm. and dude is getting paid. Because videos get like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands Mm -hmm. of views. Well, he's not a racer now. He's a social media Twitch now too, right? Twitch is doing the same thing now. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people. Buttery. I mean, same. Yeah, so what you can do is you build it really. I don't know if you guys have watched some Gary Vee before. You know, when you're having your bad days, you put some Gary Vee on or some, some Joe Rogan. I, I had to do it a couple of days ago. I was having a rough day, so I had to put the podcast on and get motivated. But what Gary Vee says is you build, you build your brand. So the way I look at myself is you got to build yourself a brand. So people want to you buy options. your merchandise yeah. and people want to, you know, you, yeah. hire you, you for this. Yeah, like, or- like, like. Make it Alpine Stars. You, I come out with a, my own signature boot, so people buy the boot, and you know you can make all sorts of money doing all. Keep yourself yeah. relevant. Yeah. Like McGrath yeah. is so good at that. Like I was talking to McGrath actually before I got injured, and he said, "He, do you remember the big guy that used to walk around the pits, the big McGrath yeah. and the big face, the yeah. cartoon character? He would just pay someone to go take pictures with fans all day, you know. So he just would was really good at marketing himself." Mm. And, um, it's easy to do when you win seven Supercross. Well, true, but yeah. he was doing, what, what I'm saying is he was doing them both. Yeah. And yeah. that's why he's still doing fun stuff at the age he is yeah. and getting paid. So. Yeah. We got to figure it out, man. What do you do for fun? What do you do outside of racing? You said you don't have anything you really love that's not motor related. So what do you do? Um, what do I do? You just said he sends memes. Send memes. memes. Oh, besides Simple. memes. Is there anything else? Oh, memes are pretty fun. Um, <laughs> don't know. No golf. <laughs> No, I know my shoulders won't handle the golf. <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't you kind of travel a little bit, though? You guys, you guys I, know, I always bit. like to travel about, um, do some writing schools, um, coach younger kids, whatever. Uh, you know, whatever. I, I, you know, last year I bought a little bike for a kid and gave it to him. And I, saw I just that. like to kind of give back and, you know, because, uh, you know, you got to... Even your gas cards this year, yep. whatever you want to call Be it. giving the gas cards out, just trying to help out a little bit. So, I don't know, I just like to give back because I feel like you give back, you get something in return. Yeah. You don't know what it may be, but... It's yeah. awesome, dude. No, Thank truly. You. I mean, I think that's what part you got of why you got so was to come on the Whiskey Throttle Show. So, that's that was a it. really Thanks, big... Thanks, yeah. You were really it. rewarded for all those Thank kind you. things you did. Um, <laughs> hey, one last question for you. Um... When you're done racing, whenever that happens to be, three, four years, five, ten, whatever you can last, what do you want your legacy to be in this sport? What do you want people to remember about Dean Wilson? Um, probably, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Hopefully, they just don't remember me. <laughs> uh, I don't know. So you want to be memorable? Go win a damn championship. There we go. Yeah, that would uh, be Or great. another one, sorry. You got another one in It'd you. be cool to be the guy that, like, was the guy that like knew how to enjoy himself, but still was a still good, get it good done. ass writer. Yeah. You know, that'd be cool. Fun to watch. Yeah, 
I think you're doing it, I man. I don't have a great answer for that, really. But it just as if people still remember me, because I just know how fast people are forgotten in a sport. It's unbelievable. I feel like people already forgot about Ryan Dungey. <laughs> it's true. Right? I just feel like I haven't even heard Ryan Dungey's name pop up in a long time. And it's, it's unfortunately, it's just the way it is. Yeah. The sport's brutal that way. It's, mm-hmm. Your, your career you is so short anyway. If you stay relevant and stay in it, you know, if you just, like, retire, then Move go away. away you, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like being a tear-off. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Fantastic analogy, GL. Yeah. So. All right. You're welcome. Well, listen, bud, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks um, for having me. Uh, you're one of our favorite writers, and I think everyone sitting here in the crowd would say the same thing. So thank you. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thanks for coming. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Thank buddy. You. Thanks a lot, buddy. Good luck. Thank Good you. luck with the rest of the year and the, the healing up. We'll be rooting for you at the Nationals. Thanks for having me. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back to finish up the Whiskey Throttle Show. At Nihilo Concepts, we have a passion for innovation and for motocross. Our mission is to develop parts that will improve the durability, functionality, and the appearance of your motorcycle. We're proud to say that everything from Nihilo is made in the USA in our state-of-the-art manufacturing facility in Stewart, Florida. Whether you race every weekend or you just ride for fun, Nihilo offers high-quality, innovative parts that you just won't find anywhere else. Nihilo offers custom engraved engine covers, one-piece titanium foot picks, brake tips, internal engine components, specialty tools, frame grip tape, carbon fiber components, and so much more. Check out our website, nihiloconcepts.com, and see for yourself why teams like Red Bull KTM, Rockstar Husqvarna, Troy Lee Designs, and some of the fastest riders in the world Choose Nihilo Concepts. Nihiloconcepts.com. Ford WP is more than a store. We're truck and Jeep experts. From wheel and tire upgrades to full custom builds, 4WP has you covered. Do your rig right. Shop online or find your store at 4WP.com. everybody welcome back to the whiskey throttle show big thanks to dean wilson dean Wheelspin, for coming on um just a super good dude love having love having him on that was fun dean has always uh, been a crowd favorite yeah uh, likable guy like i said remember the first time meeting him actually the first time i saw him ride i never met him i met him the next time didn't know what to expect and i still thought wow he was very um i feel like an, an americanized canadian scotty yeah 50, 50, 50. Yeah. Yeah. 150% full in. <laughs> you thought that. Yeah. What an Americanized Canadian Scottish man that was. Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, we got our four wheel parts get at me QA. If you guys have questions for Grant now, you can send them in. Grant. Did send I say him. Send Did him. I say Grant? Yes. Sorry. I'm on the GL program tonight with a little vodka. Just give him a second. Sorry. Um, send them to our Twitter account. Why don't you share that? At W underscore throttle underscore show. Boom. That just happened. 
or just a shit emoji. Uh, that also doubles for our Twitter handle. Uh, Donnie, what do we got tonight? Any good questions? Yeah, I got a couple here. Um, who will win uh, their first national between Anderson and uh, Osborne? I got to go with Zacho. Yeah, I was going to say. I think just based on where they're at, you know, Jason's sort of, I would say, a little bit further behind the eight ball, and Zacho's a little more in the groove, and um, based on their history, I would think, but you know what? We'll probably get proven wrong. It'll probably be Anderson. Well, yeah, anytime you make predictions, you're setting yourself up, but you ask the question. Here's my answer. Jason Anderson's never won an outdoor national, 250 or 450. Zach Osborne is the 250 national champion, convincingly. So... Uh, I think he's these last few supercrosses. He really came on strong. Yeah. I think he's getting, and he's in his groove, getting yeah. into it. Jason's been off all supercross season long. He's still got to kind of get back into the racing thing. And frankly, when he was racing, he did not look great. So curious to see how he does. But yeah, I, but yeah, I got Zacho winning. But uh, at the MX of Nations, he won convincingly at Moto Anderson. two years ago. Yeah, but still, he has the speed. Yeah. He won the Supercross title last year. Okay, you and, go uh, Zacho. And, and I'm this you year. You go Zacho, I go Endo. Yeah? Just because. What are we betting on? I don't know. Well, what Some we... whiskey. Whiskey? A little whiskey throttle. All right. What else? What else we got? Uh, Lee Davies wants to know, did either of you get to keep any of your race bikes when you're done racing? That's a big no for me. I've got a few, yeah. I, got, I kept... Um, the one I wish I had, which I don't have, which we're trying to make a replica, is my 2000 World Championship bike. But I have my 03 125 KTM outdoor title bike. And then when I rode for Mitch, I made sure that was also in the contract. So I got my 05 and 06 East Coast, West Coast Championship bikes. And what's cool with those is the 05 was the steel frame, the 06 is the aluminum frame. So they look a lot different, even though the graphics are similar. Is it, is it like... Your race bike rolled right off the last race, or did he pull off the good parts and just, it's like a... No, with, yeah, with Mitch, there were some internals that they took out and put stockers in, so it'll still fire up, but it's an exact external replica, but there were a couple parts taken out. Mm. Um, Same with my factory Yamaha. Do you look at it and go, yeah, it's not my real race bike? No. Be like, Mitch, get this piece of shit out of here. (laughs) Your factory Yamaha looked so incredibly stock, I couldn't believe it. I know. Like stock triple clamps, stock hubs. I actually, I lied. That's pretty much hey, what it was. I kept. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I kept my 2000 Primal Impulse Suzuki 125 because the team was going tits up and they, they owed me my last two paychecks. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I'm hanging on to these bikes. Here's until the bike. you, and then you yeah. sell them? Yeah, I did. Bill's pipes? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So but, I didn't keep them, but I kept them and then I sold them. So you didn't keep them. That's it. But they were a paycheck. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Brett Jones wants to know how will uh, Aussies Dean Ferris and Hunter Lawrence fare? That's our Aussie buddy, Brent. Yeah. He bought us, uh, what were those things? Tim Tams? Tim Tams. Has anyone here ever tried Tim Tams? Oh, my gosh. Holy oh, shit. Oh, we also have a big Aussie crowd of you, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Oh, Aussie, yeah. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie! Yeah. Hey, <laughs> you bite the ends off those things and drink coffee with them? Holy shit. It was so good. I can't find them here anywhere. What? I can't find them. You're fucking blind, dude. Am I? Seriously, they're everywhere now. Like, even Ralph's has them or something. 
Most places have them, I swear to God. I'll go get your pack, I swear. Okay, good. You're I just welcome. wanted him to buy me some. Okay. I don't want to be the fattest guy on the show, so well, I'll buy, buy oh, a Hunter, few packs. Hey, <laughs> how will Dean Ferris and Hunter Lawrence fare? Oh, uh, that was the question. <laughs> it wasn't uh, about Tim Tams. Yeah, they'll do well. It they'll wasn't do Tim, well. Tim, Tim Tams. Anyway, Tim Tams. Where can I find Tim Tams? <laughs> I, I don't know how Dean Ferris will do, but and I actually don't know how Hunter Lawrence will do, but I'm really excited to watch Hunter Lawrence ride. That dude looks fast. He's good. I mean, you watch GPs. Um, he showed just that raw speed. Um, so an Aussie kid going to Europe doing that, he can come to America, and I think he can do very well. Um, Dean Ferris, I think he'll do well. I just didn't he do some? He did a couple races last year, didn't he? he fill in? Yeah, he did. Uh, or jumped in. Or the year before, he did. Uh, he was at Mount Morris, and he was leading for a long time. Um, that was pretty cool. I, I haven't really followed though how he did like you know this their past season. So I don't, I don't know where he's at in terms of health, fitness, speed, all that. But it'll be interesting. Because Dean Dean rode for. Factory KTM a few years ago. He's only done one race this year? How'd that go? All right, so, so the Aussies are telling us he went 1-1 last weekend back at home. We're getting all information directly from the source over here. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. And I, and like, I think Hunter Lawrence, if he rides the way I've been watching him ride locally here, He's top five easy How all day long. How about Red Buddy? He was on it, right? Huh? Hunter Lawrence at uh, the Nations. Yeah. Oh, it yeah, was it was I, I ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. His kids is a real deal. I'm really yeah, excited no, to watch him. Yeah, no, I was there, and yes, yeah. Now he's good. I mean, we, we, I've seen what he can do. The thing is, um, I guess if you don't know him very well, I, d I don't know if he's on a good program right now. If he's healthy, happy, but. Seeing him at the track just the other day at Glen Helen, briefly, like he looks like he's doing well. And I know he did that Cal Classic, and he was on the gas. So I think he'll do very well. <laughs> he beat all the fastest amateurs in Southern California. <laughs> hey, that's Handily. not easy these days. I'm telling you. <laughs> that's true. But um, yeah, those guys, half those guys are pro. <laughs> yeah. I think I think I think Hunter's got the the most uh, potential to succeed. I think for 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 Dean, he might show some good speed and some results, but. I, if he wins, I think that'd be a shock. I think if Hunter wins, it wouldn't be a shock, yeah. if, if, if that makes any sense. Yeah. That's all we got. That's it. Yeah. Well, that was your four-wheel parts Get At Me Q&A. Check out fourwheelparts.com, the number fourwheelparts.com for all your off-road and truck needs. Um, so our decal works last call. We went ahead and got a hold of Paul Parabinos. Parabinos? Binos? I don't know if you have to emphasize the Enos. The Binos. <laughs> I always say Parabinos. Okay, well. I just kept it subtle. You're keeping a soft J? Yes. Like yogging? Yeah. Okay. I like to go yogging. Paul was Dean's mechanic uh, at Pro Circuit. Yep. He helped when him they again. won the championship. When they won the championship. He helped him out again this year as a, when he was a, putting that privateer deal together. They're good buddies. They've been around, been together for quite a while. Um, Paul was a racer, became a mechanic in a Pro Circuit, top-fledged guy, left the, being a mechanic. Went to Pro Taper. And yeah, now he works for Pro Taper. <laughs> Thanks for telling his life story, bud. You're welcome. Everybody now Kept feels so much more important. <laughs> uh, so anyway, this is Pro Taper's Paul Parabinos. Have a listen. Hello. Paul, how you doing, bud? It's GL. What's up, man? How's it going? Oh, all good, all good. Hey, man, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, yeah, right on. No problem. Hey, so we had... 
your good buddy and a friend of ours, Dino, in the house today. Um, no, you guys have quite a great history. Um, tell us how you guys sort of hooked up. I mean, I remember you guys had some good times over at Pro Circuit. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Dino's just a honestly a good good buddy of mine, almost kind of like a little little brother, I'd say. Just um, I'm really close with his parents and his family and him. And um, yeah, we met just when we walked in the sea shop back in oh man, it was 2009 now. So. Um, yeah, and it's just, uh, we got along really good and, um, worked well together and, and really just became, became good buddies. You know, you hang out at my house quite a bit, and, you know, when his parents had that issue, um, getting stuck in Canada when Dean actually missed a race, we spent a lot of time together, him hanging out with me or living at my place for a little bit. Um, but yeah, just like a little brother to me, man, we just, uh, he was just a good dude. <laughs> It, it it is interesting because we always talk about in the industry that um, you know rider and mechanic is is a very tight knit relationship, but seems like with you guys it's kind of even just more than that. It's it's a very tight personal relationship. And uh, you know, fast forward a few years, tell me a little bit about how and what and everything you guys went through getting that team together for 2019. Oh yeah, man. Um, honestly. To be honest with you, I didn't have a ton, a ton to, uh, of work that I had to put in to get everything ready. I was just simply there. I, I just volunteered my time, right? So um, I just, I've always believed in Dean, and I always will. And, and um, <clears throat> he's putting together his own deal. And if it was something I could do to take some stress off him and Andy um, and Sam, Sam is you know his riding coach and another good friend of Dean. You know that, and we're all kind of good friends, right? We've all worked together yeah. for for a number of years. So. Um, it was, you know, I still have a, a normal job, you know, you know, dealing with pro tapers. So, um, I just simply volunteered my time on the weekend, um, to help him out and just, uh, just, you know, I just wanted to get him, get him going. The goal was to get him back in a, in a semi, you know, to, before he went east. And we did that. And, uh, you know, he did, did very well. Anaheim was actually really close to being really, really cool, but I found yeah. still pretty cool. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, just, just, any close friend, I'm, I'm there for him, and, and and yeah, he's my he's my blind boy, and uh, again, I just just whatever I can to help him, I always will. Yeah, that was um, I think a lot of people at Anaheim were pulling for for Dino, and uh, what you guys did was pretty cool. I know you said you didn't do a ton, but man, working uh, a full time job and then having to get on the plane and do <laughs> some of these events—that's that's some dedication right there. Um, fast forwarding a little bit, um, what are your uh, early predictions for outdoors? You know, um, I think it's going to be a bit slow to start in the beginning. Um, you know, right now it's, he's just trying to rehab his shoulder from his crash in Denver and um, try to get on the gate for Hangtown. And, and I don't know if that'll happen or not. Um, it's the shoulders are slow to come around. Right. So, um, but I think it'll be a bit about him racing himself into shape a little bit. Um, so I think the first half of the season will be a bit, you know, just kind of him getting his feet wet and trying to get his shoulder better. But I think by the end of the year, he can be, uh, he'll be trying to get trophies again for sure. You know, he's just got to, uh, stay the course and, 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 you know, respect the process a little bit because it's going to be slow in the beginning because that shoulder's still banged up. But, uh, but luckily it's not, it could be a lot worse. You know, he could be under the knife getting surgery and, and out for the rest yeah. of the year. So um, I think that was a blessing for sure because it was a big crash. But, um, but I, I think he'll be there by the end of the season for sure. Back to the guy that everyone kind of saw in Supercross uh, before he got hurt. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Anytime you can avoid surgery, I think that's a, 
a good thing for sure. Um, final question for you, Paul. Um, are you planning on doing any racing? Are you riding much? I heard you say you were pulling up to Paris. Yeah, um, I actually haven't rode much um, since the uh, little Glendale amateur race thing I did that I did with uh, Dean and his dad actually while we were out there for the Supercross and that. And um, I haven't been riding much since then. I haven't rode at all since then actually. Um, but I've uh, just been focused at work. But I am at Paris today. Um, there's a little industry ride day today, so I thought that would be a good uh, good opportunity to finally go riding again. And uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't really have any plans that have yet you know i still try to dabble in racing a bit i went to loretta's a few years ago and did good there and uh, uh but yeah i just you know you, you were we're getting old right we're all getting old good way to, uh, <laughs> good way to keep the pounds off you know and and yep. and um try to stay healthy but uh but yeah so that's not top of mind but um but kind of just working with pro taper and and trying to, you know, develop product and, and keep things moving on that front has kind of been taking up a lot of time. I can imagine. I can imagine. But, uh, well, we really appreciate you taking some time out to come and chat with us here on the Whiskey Throttle Show and uh, look forward to seeing you this summer. Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll be at Hangtown, and, um, yeah, I'm sure I'll see you at a few races. So I'll be listening to you for sure on TV as well. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right, Paulie. Catch you later. Yep. Later, Jack. Yeah. Cheers, Mike. Good dude, Paul Perbinos. Yeah. Been around the industry for a long time. And uh, it's cool to hear his perspective on Dean. Those guys have been so close. I can't, you know, when you when you work with a mechanic, I mean, it's like a brother. You know what I mean? It, when you I always say it's like a marriage. Well, that's a gay marriage. Yeah, but, it is. <laughs> it really is. It's a gay marriage. <laughs> but it's it's fun. I mean, there's, there's no... It's a sexless gay marriage. Yes. That's, uh, that is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Um, but anyway... Still, still a good guy. <laughs> Marriage without the sex. How great does that sound? Yes. Sign me up. I want to go back down that road. <laughs> uh, that was brought to you by Decal Works. Check those guys out for graphics, plastics, mats, accessories, gay marriage annulment certificates. They have it all. Um, wow. Okay, I want to I wanna cover something real quick. Uh, I sent out a little post on our Instagram page. Free tickets from Decal Works <coughs> to this show for the best slogans for the Whiskey Throttle Show. We've been having trouble coming up with something we really like that we want to stick with, so I thought I'd see what people came up with, and we got some good ones. Uh, the three people that won, none of them live around here, so they all said, oh, I'll give my tickets away because I don't live near there. I just wanted to play the game. But I'm going to share you their slogans anyway, because these are pretty damn good. This is from D Farthing, D underscore Farthing. The Whiskey Throttle Show, make it a double. I thought that was a nice little double entendre, right? The Whiskey Throttle Show, because Troy Lee kind of wanted to own a bar. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was a lot of truth to that one. And then this one, a little edgy. Again, I did not come up with this. The Whiskey Throttle Show... There's no pulp in whiskey. Oh, <laughs> boy. Oh, boy. All right. No, no hate. No hate here. We love everybody. Everybody love everybody. That's it. That's our show, man. I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to wrap it up. Call Grant an Uber, and we're, we're going to wrap this thing up. Now I'm just going to give me some pulp-free whiskey and uh, enjoy my evening. I want to thank PowerDot. If you guys have not checked out PowerDot.com, just do it, damn it. Whiskey Throttle gets you 20% off. 
they're awesome. Method Race Wheels, thanks to those guys. Such a cool sponsor. Uh, Troy Lee Designs, Decal Works, Dunlop, Four Wheel Parts, Adidas, Pro Circuit, Nihilo Concepts. I was going to show you guys something from them. I got a throttle housing. We'll do it the next show. They make some rad stuff. Check out NihiloConcepts.com. Really want to welcome our, our newest edition, Specialized Bicycles. So psyched to get on those things next week. We are. Yeah. I'm pumped. Shit some LBs. If he, if he said, I'm not giving you the e-bike, you're going to have to just ride a, like a regular bike. Would you be as excited? I would have said, let's look for another bicycle sponsor. <laughs> like, there's electric bikes out there. I'm tired of this shit. Like, it's, I want top notch. Oh, man. Well, I'm, I'm in that commuter stage, like convenience. Yeah. yeah. I'm not here to, like, you know, yeah. break records. <laughs> Anything I want to break You're not going to win bank. the Norba National Mountain Bike mm. Championships? You know what? With that e-bike, I have a chance. Yeah, yeah. One in a million, but I have a chance. All right. Well, thank you to Specialized Bicycles. If you guys are in the market, they just make the best shit there is when it comes to two-wheel bicycles. So check those guys out. Thank you to Racer X, Paleo Ranch, Langston Motorsports. For Grant Langston and DJ Donnie, thank everybody for coming here. Appreciate it. That money is going to help guys who race and get hurt. Thank you to Road Recovery for their help. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Take care.